show wraps up and we're getting outside and there was just a, there was a mob. There was just a mob. And I remember being driven out of town, like pickup trucks following us. Like get we want you want you get all y'all get on out of here, and uh, don't don't fuck? come don't come back. Yeah, outrageous. Yeah, that is wild. Holy shit! That's probably that's probably the worst. That's probably the worst. Welcome to the 179th episode of the Casa Inns Creation. I'm your host Chris Deering. This is the show interview bands and public figures from the Mathcore and Mathcore adjacent communities. Uh, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, do all things social. Every little bit helps. And feel free to join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the live cast where you can interact with the guests in real time or just hang out in the chat. Uh, you can also subscribe to this Twitch channel for just five bucks to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other shipping platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. And you can do that for free by attaching an Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking five bucks from Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Uh, my new EP, Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City, is out now on all platforms. I also have some sick merch over my Bandcamp. Be sure to check it out at thesoundandinscreation.bandcamp.com. Uh, with that out of the way, let me introduce our, my guest today who dropped their first album in 21 years. Good. Back on Halloween. Welcome in the Sawtooth Grin. How's hey, it going, guys? Hey, what's happening? Oh, yeah. Thank y'all for coming on. Y'all are awesome. Uh, can we you start are. by uh, just introducing everybody? Tell us who you are, what you do in the band. I guess we'll start with uh, John. Uh, John Carroll here. I play uh, lead guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Not rhythm guitar. Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Jason Springman. I also play lead guitar. Uh, my name is Rich, Rich Lombardi. I play baritone guitar. Lots of guitar. Um, Kevin, yeah, yeah. Kevin Etriusian. I play backup xylophone. And I'm DJ Scully. I play long guitar. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rachel Music said that you guys formed in 1999. Yeah. Holy shit. I I was a I long time in 1983 out of my mother's vagina. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but how did the band end up coming together? Oh, the band, band, band. It's a band. <laughs> We're going to make a jar for John in a little bit. He's going to have to put a lot of dollars in it. Uh, yeah, band came to be uh, out of the ashes of a previous band. Uh, initially, it consisted of mostly just local kids from the, uh, the neighborhood, the street that I lived on, Montrose, New York. Um, we primarily were doing like a, a lot of sort of like shy light kind of positive, uh, straight edge, hardcore kind of stuff. Uh, a little bit of like a cave in influence when our previous bands kind of went, uh, belly up, we kind of banded together to, um, start, uh, the first sort of, um, iteration of what the sawtooth grin was going to end up being. We had the name before we had the lineup and cuddle monster and all that kind of stuff existed in limbo for about a year before we really accomplished anything. And then we got Jay from across the river in Rockland County. And, uh, that's when we started sort of hurtling towards, um, what everybody kind of understands from back then that's sort of the cuddle monster era, um, of the band, you know, and that would have been probably 2000, 2001, you know, how old were y'all yeah. when y'all got together? Uh, early 20s. Early 20s. Okay. Yeah. I always had the idea y'all were like high school kids for some reason. I don't know where, where that came from. 
There was um, some high school involved. Like I, I, yeah. I was, I was 19. I remember I was already, I remember my, having my 20th birthday and then I invited my new bandmates to it. So it was like, I, I definitely was 19. Rich is a little older than me. Uh, but there were some younger folks in the band also. It's not, I don't think it's even a full year though. I think that I'm just like, uh, you know, just like a, a few months. Um, what age, but, uh, Michael, what age did you get circumcised at? I'm sorry. <laughs> Who says that I am? <laughs> Forget that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, I'll never, I'll never forget that birthday party. That first birthday party. That was like a, a brain breaker. Oh yeah, attend, it was wild. Say that. It was, uh, and there was a million juicers just set out in, in a friend of ours yard. And there's just all these people like just juicing and just hula yeah. hooping. I've never seen so much hula hooping in my life. I love juicers, man. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> there's so two good. kinds of juicers. There's a, but yeah. then there's also a. Yeah. Where you press it down. These were industrial strength, man. These were, this was some serious juicing going on. It was crazy. <laughs> I love that. Really, really crazy. <laughs> so, uh, where did the name uh, the Sawtooth Grin come from? Did you just think that was a badass name, or yeah, I always thought um, it was like based off a of cryptid or something. Oh, that that would God, that's a better story than I've got. I've, I don't have much <laughs> of a good. I mean, I you know the, the story I've got is you know uh, I thought it was cool. I think I read it in a um, like a um, you know a book in my younger days. We you know Jay and I worked in. Uh, in a very large uh, bookstore retailer for a really long time. So we were around a lot of books all the time. Um, it ended up being the exact title of a bloodlet song as well, which is something that um, contrary to what you might expect, considering the specificity of the title, uh, I actually didn't, I didn't know in advance, <laughs> which is, which is funny, but it ended up being true. Yeah. I don't know. It was just something that we were looking for something that evoked the direction that we were trying to go in. We wanted to go in a more savage direction. We wanted to go in a crazier direction. We wanted to push towards a little bit more, um, a little further away from kind of like the more hardcore leanings that some of the earlier bands that we were doing uh, were kind of sort of entrenched in. Yo, uh, we didn't really fit in with sick, that. Song. One came down was really sick. One came, and we saw Candiria. Uh, literally every gig I went to in that era, Candiria was on the bill. Ken Shaw, Candiria, uh, you'll listen to this at some point. You're my hero. You're my idol. I love you. You're my best friend. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to the fellas in Candiria. Uh, Seven one eight. Dude, we love that. We love that kind of stuff. So when we would see bands like Candiria play, uh, band like play on gigs with bands like Madball or bands with like Sick of It All or whatever, and Candiria would be one of the first few bands on the set. We just we knew that there was something in the air, something cooking, something a little more interesting, something a little uh, something a little harder to bob your head to, but uh, maybe a little easier to murder a crowd to. I don't know. Um, you know, because it's certainly kind of what they what they encompassed to us. I, we've sort of them piggybacked with a few other groups of that era. Uh, you know, I'm a big dead guy fan. I just wanted to push towards something noisier, you know, and um, we didn't have the tools initially. And we struggled for, like I said, about that year to kind of get there. We met Jay through some mutual friends from across the river. And uh, that's really when things started getting going, you know. Well, uh, so back to like why I thought that it was like a cryptid or whatever. Um, you, yeah, because you did a you did cuddle cuddle monster, and so I thought that that was like the cryptid you were basing it off of. And then the sawtooth grin, he has kind of like jagged teeth and stuff. I, I thought that that was a whole a whole shtick, but I guess it's not. <laughs> so where did the cuddle monster come from then? That actually Jay came up with. I did. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just found that out right now. I just, uh, I just, <laughs> yeah. you, were t- you were today years old when you realized you came I, up with that album title. Yeah. Was it surprising oh, wow. when you found it out? How did it feel emotionally? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes, it sounds like the stupid sort of thing that I would, uh, I would throw out there. You know, we were, you, oh, you wow. and I, you and I were out to lunch. Um, you know, one day we were, uh, we were working at Barnes and Noble. You were out to, we were out to lunch. And we were eating at a Chinese food place, and you it was just sort of down the street, down like uh, two hundred two or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, you just like spit it out while we were eating, and we just both started laughing. And I think that's how we knew it was probably right. It made sense, right? Right? right. <laughs> you know, it's just at the end of the day, what it boils down to is we, um, contrary to kind of like what we're looking at right now and i'm sure we'll talk about like the present day and how incredible it is to see all these bands doing all this crazy stuff at the time that that wasn't really that wasn't really the case i mean there were a handful of us but we were sort of spread out and we didn't always get on bills with other bands that were wild so we kind of and it's something we've talked about in other interviews but we kind of cultivated a, a true sense of sort of spite and antagonism for essentially anything that other bands were doing uh, anything that bands were doing to try to be perceived as hard or tough or intimidating or scary, we just sort of like, well, let's just go the opposite. Let's go the opposite. And you don't get much more the opposite than uh, Cuddle Monster, True. right? I mean, yeah, it's sure. Completely ridiculous. Um, Elliptica Bra in chat says, I always thought Cuddle Monster was the sickest ironic name for any hardcore slash heavy record. How much of the antithesis does it get after calling a record that sounds like that Cuddle Monster? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, like you're right on you're right on point, brother. I mean, that's exactly when you're a late what I'm talking teenager, about. Irony is a huge turn off. Yeah. I mean, when you're 19 years old, irony is a lot of fun. It's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you were talking about how y'all were kind of like one of like the I would say one of the first more fully formed ideas that made it into the scene, along with like Dillinger and stuff. because uh, you were around in like 2001. There weren't, weren't a lot of bands doing this. So like, what were the influences? How did y'all get to this point? Because it's just such like a weird thing out of nowhere, I feel like. Did you fucking see Dillinger Escape Plan in 1999? That was <laughs> oh like my an God. atomic bomb. <laughs> it I really did. was. It was, it was a <laughs> nuclear nuclear explosion. I mean, for, for myself, I could tell you just what was going through my hand was like, I want to do... I want to make Calculating Infinity and Gorguts Obscura. Like, I want those two records. I want to do those two things and you know, and just wielded at people. That's, that's what was on my fuck, mind. But they had emotion. <laughs> I don't, I wasn't, I, that, I don't really know about the emotion. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so, not so sure about you the emotion. You don't think Luke LeMay was giving any emotion what? out? In, on when you, when you consider, when you consider what Jay just said regarding Dillinger's escape plan, Gorguts, that sort of connection. And then you factor in from my perspective saying like, the locust dead guy the blood brothers you know what i mean sort of from a from a vocal from a vocal perspective discordance chris deer and then that same fucking year discordance axis inalienable yeah yeah 2001 discordance axis inalienable dreamless to me is just like the pinnacle and i was just sort of like piecing this perspective with jay's perspective together kind of I don't know, kind of like landed us where we where we were at, especially, you know, at the beginning, you know. That was the same year Fight Club came out. That was the same year The Matrix came out. Calculating Infinity, 300% Density, Inalienable Dreamless. We yeah. were 
in our late teens and we're like, this is the world of art. I see what's going on here. 300% density is so insane. I see exactly how God. creative people are ought to, to behave with these little, we had no idea that we were in an, uh, an apex moment of creative genius. Uh, yeah, I am great bands. I am Dave, Daniel Robble in chat says your opinion on daughters when they came out. Sick. They were that other band first. Remember? As the sunset, yeah. yeah as the sunset, yeah. Is so dope. As yeah. the sunset record was sick. We played with them. We played with them literally the second they became daughters. Uh, that was the. That's literally. And if I could share, like that was the sickest show I've ever seen in my entire life. Was it? It was at uh, Olives. Well, no, yeah. it's it's the second Whoa, sickest Olives. show I've seen in my life. It was at Olives in Nyack, New York, and it was Sawtooth Grin. Uh, the number twelve looks like you, and we had booked. Um, John, do you mind stopping doing that? I'm sorry. I don't mind at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who else was this? Um, it was it was uh, Sawtooth number twelve looks like you, and we had booked daughters, maybe some other band or whatever. And we it was their tour package. They had two other groups with them out. Yeah, yeah, they were on tour, and uh, I had booked the show, and I was dealing with like the venue, and uh, I had rented a PA, and like it was just all this stuff, and uh, daughters just never showed up daughters like the the band that they were on tour with showed up they played their yes, stuff. They the daughters did. daughters was just nowhere to be found and so like i had to get the pa back and this was like a daytime show and like the regular bar hours were, were going to start like at around nine or whatever and uh so it was like all a wrap all right daughters was a no show whatever and you know we were, we were all getting ready to leave and like most people left and i was just hanging out there and then daughters rolled up at like quarter to ten and it, there was like a regular bar crowd there and daughters just loaded in they fucking didn't really say anything. They just set up like right where there was space and they just started playing Canada songs. Yeah. Like, and they <laughs> introduced themselves as daughters. I think I booked but them. It as, wasn't out as, yet. It wasn't even them, that regular. Booked them as, as the sunsets, I think. Right. And they just you booked announced, it before like, they changed. Yeah. 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 And yeah, they just, yeah. they just went into Canada songs and just the vibe in there was, Oh my God, it was electric. It was like, it was yeah. sick back in the day. So yeah. good. your drummer told me that his dad sold his drums for crack. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's an right that sucks. That's crazy. <laughs> sucks to suck. Whoops. Uh, 69 Duckman in chat says, will y'all have any merch or records after the wax vessel stuff? My orders keep getting canceled. Oh, oh no! 100%. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> shit. Rich makes the shit from scratch with his own hands. You will have. Um, I run a production shop for design and apparel. We do um, small batch printing and one-off printing. So anything that we've done outside of the wax vessel stuff, I always just uh, made myself. So it'll be um, it'll be like short run, limited edition, like small window uh, of time to order stuff. But it'll be hopefully once we clear the clear the path um, after the wax vessel stuff, it'll be more of a consistent thing uh, that'll happen more frequently. But, you know, the idea is that since I can do them in small batches, it'll be uh, like a constant rotating door of different designs that are always popping up. And, um, you know, I know like on a- your Twitch chat, gargling diarrhea, you are my favorite Instagram handle ever. I love you, bro. I love that you like all my shit and gargling diarrhea is the craziest. That's the most in stick handle. Ever. Thanks gargling diarrhea. We appreciate you. <laughs> But yeah, there'll be merch. There'll be merch. So um, the band ended up breaking up. Um, I'm not quite sure what date it was on. I, I wasn't able to find that exactly. But uh, why did the band end up uh, coming apart? 
what this was around uh 2004 yeah, yeah 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 okay um uh that that was at like at the time um i had to leave because i i it, personally like i've always struggled with like alcoholism and drug abuse and, and whatnot um so back then i was having a really really fucking hard time i was in a really bad way and i just couldn't function anymore um so Sawtooth had gotten a second guitar player and it just started to look like, you know what, I can't function in the band anymore. Maybe you go take care of yourself, do what you have to do. And then you guys press on with this new guy. And then Rich, you know more about what happened after that. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting scenario because it's the kind of story that if it were to happen today, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the kind of thing that would break up a band. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we were maybe in the small scope of things. We were a little bit older than uh, a lot of the other bands that were just coming up. Uh, there were a handful of record labels that we would have really loved to uh, to work with. But most of us were working full time already at this point and couldn't afford to commit to the type of schedule that a lot of these bands were committing to as far as like being on, being on the road. Um, to support what it was that they were doing. There was no, because internet wasn't really a big factor at the time for um, like booking tours and all that kind of stuff. So much of it was being done by phone. Uh, so much of it was based on the connections that you had. We had none. We had built a reputation as being like a really sort of antagonistic presence Oh really? Uh, as well. Yeah. We were very like, there's some weird, I got a lot of like, I don't know how many best show moments I can give you, but we got a lot of worst ones. It's going to be <laughs> Those like, are the best ones. So. The much longer <laughs> list, <laughs> you know, but at the time it was one of those things where we had talked a little bit about, um, you know, trying to button up the pervivore sessions and release the pervivore material as an EP, whereas initially the plan was, and Jake can attest to this, the plan was to do it as a, like a full length, like pervivore was supposed mm -hmm. to evolve into that. I had an entire narrative for the lyrics that were going to go yeah. into it that I still like, man, someday it would be pretty sick to come back to that. Cause that was pretty cool. But it was like, it, was, it would have been essentially a, like Is a, a pervivore, like a, something that only eats pedos. No, <laughs> no, it's it's a little more nefarious than that, unfortunately. You know, oh, is it really 20s. not that? I totally thought that's what it was. I was in my twenties, so I was very. I always edgy. thought a pervivore just. I was very edgy. Molesters. Yeah, I thought that's what <laughs> it was. A monster eats molesters. I totally thought that too. My forty-one-year-old brain agrees with you and decides that that's what it would be if we were to do it today. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, let's call it that. Let's call it that. No problem. Yeah. I love it. Um, so when we were buttoning up the pervivore stuff, the conversation was basically, well, let's see if we can put this out and basically put it out essentially as like, a, you know, a, like a, like a feeler, you know, like labels that were around at the time you had your Hydra heads, you had your robotic empires, you had your black market activities, you had all these labels. This was before like, um, you know, that big sort of um, like the MySpace uh, boon that you got, um, you know, a year or two later where you're really starting seeing those like DeBello bands starting what, to pop what off. Year what, what year was all this going this on? This would have been like 2003, 2004, um, you nice. know, and so we put we we put out just sort of like CDRs, like we sent out a few CDRs of Pervivore. And the conversation was basically like, if we can't get somebody to like be our record label, we kind of have to stop because we can't afford to do this ourselves anymore. You know what I mean? Like you had to go into the studio. You had to go on the road. You had, there was like the kind of, we were like, we're working. We can't even afford 
like practice space rent. You know what I mean? Because we were a New York band of a bunch of like sort of delinquents trying to work crappy jobs, not making enough money to support ourselves. And I actually says that he loves us guys. I love you too, gargling diarrhea. (laughs) I think another part of it was a big thing that was happening at the time is I had moved out. I had moved out with John, actually. John, John and I were roommates at that point in a very small uh, like 400 square foot shoebox that we lived in that pipes came up through the floor in the summer and it didn't have like air conditioning or no, something. Colloquial Kiss like never played an official show with Softly's Grin to the chat, FYI. I am. No, yeah, that never that never happened. I've, you don't do two bands in one show. You don't do it. You and know? yo, everybody, I mean, don't talk any very shit tired. Vessel. He's the man. He's taking care of us. He's he's part of the, he's a huge part That's... of why the record exists. So, Vic Valeca. I'm sure we'll get around to it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So basically the conversation was if we don't, if we don't get it off the ground and we don't get signed, we should probably just hang it up. And then uh, that's exactly what happened. We just hung it up, you know, it's damn. That's yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing that, like I said, it's not, it's not a story you hear a lot now, especially with how skewed towards uh, independent, independent spirits and independent sort of production and independent kind of uh, the whole show, people getting themselves out there, people just kind of doing the entire things themselves. You know, I, I would argue that if the band existed in that capacity today, we may have gone a little, a little longer and a little further with it. Hey, Jackson. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what happened there. It's not really like this, anyway, we have I think, a sick record out right now. Not really the sparks oh, we're, that you expect. We're gonna into the, to the, uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I watch Chris's shows, man. I know there's an arc <laughs> to these things. All right. We're talking about the past right now. Just trying and to, we're going to get to it. Yeah. yeah. Trying you're right. You're right. Herbivore is like the most important part of our past. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tiny little bit. So why bring the band back after so long? Um, I'm assuming it was just uh, kind of boredom under like lockdowns and stuff or... Was there like plans to bring it back before then? No, there was no plans, but it was definitely a, like a pressing. Uh, there, there was a, there, there was a, a fucking. It, it was, it, it wasn't finished. Like we weren't finished. Um, and and it, it slowly, it, it slowly came back together. It wasn't it like, you know, I, I just, I, there was something in me like I just, there's fucking material that like needs to get. There's things that need to be said, and it was really from like in 2010 2011 2009 that we tried to make another go of it um and some of the material that started to get written there uh just got left uh in the gutter you know and i thought i always thought that was a bummer and there was a lot of starts to stuff that like was still laying around that was still in my head and um just started to think like well maybe you just start collect dust and some of this stuff off like you know stitching some of it together like reaching out to some other guys like you know and this thing just slowly kind of came back together and and i i think right up until this year not all of us believed that this was gonna happen or work you know well it's um, interesting you say that uh you were just like kind of finding old stuff dusting it off um uh ellip elliptica bro in chat says would you guys ever revisit some of the songs or integrate more ideas from the jabberwocky area or era i know that some of the riffs on it i recognize ended up on good um, yeah, absolutely. Wait in case. and we've got a whole bunch more just wait <laughs> well that's that's something that started to like so you know i i find it easiest like when i'm starting to write uh you know to uh, just start with something that's like already developed so like the jabberwocky 
era, like that was all supposed to be like a whole full length and like all the threads got kind of frayed and like, you know, pieces fell off and whatever. So I took some of the unfinished stuff from that and just used it as, you know, jumping off points to uh, start working on the material that would eventually become, you know, our current new record. Um, but, uh, you know, now that the machine is, is back up and running, um, like, well, those Jabberwocky demos, um, we could do those a lot better now. Uh, we could do oh, those yeah. a lot better now. And there's some other ideas laying around. We could jam those together. And, uh, so that's kind of, that's what we're doing now. We're, uh, we're re-demoing all the Jabberwocky demo stuff, which is three tunes. And, uh, it's probably going to be some other, other stuff. Um, you could probably expect another release from us, uh, I don't know. I don't know how our time frame, you know, but in the future, what is that? Words on paper? So soon. <laughs> We're definitely going to be talking about uh, y'all's plans uh, later on. Um, uh, Dead Mountain Mouth says, uh, finding Cuddle Monster on CD for $2 at the Goodwill is still one of the better thrifting finds. Loving the new album, too. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Uh, cool. I, li I live at Savers, bro. So I <laughs> So I don't know what this means exactly, but uh, some people are saying this is a good question. Um, Grindlord says, was there a plan for a full album in the era of Montrose Jackals and Jesus Hive? Yeah, so that's the Jabberwocky yeah. stuff. We just answered oh, okay, that. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, cool, cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I've yeah. never heard it called that before. Okay. It's coming back, man. We're, we're, we got some plans. We got some plans for it. We've been talking about it, and uh, we're, pretty, we're pretty optimistic and enthusiastic about, like Jay said, being able to serve the material a lot better. You know, we, we did incorporate those demos into um, the Pervivore Wax Vessel release. So, you know, one of the things that Jay and I were talking about is that if we were going to really dive back into it, you know, we got to make it, let's make it matter. You know, it's got to be like a full revisit. It's got to be a, like really delving back in, rethinking it. From my perspective, there's going to be <laughs> lyrically and vocally, uh, you know, you know, I, I'm in a different headspace than I was 10 years ago. So I want to, I want to revisit the, uh, the material from like this headspace as opposed to that one. So I'm excited to, for it to evolve into if it's for it to evolve beyond what people understood it as at that time. Rich's vocal performance, as well as lyrics on this current album. Good are is the best shit he's ever done. Period. I'm oh. a huge fan of Rich's. I'm not just in a band with him. I'm a huge fan. And it's the best shit he's ever done. It Same is with Sprinkle. Sprinkle has never written sicker riffs than this. Sorry. You oh, just F FYI, John calls me Sprinkle. Like my name is Jay or Jason, <laughs> but John calls me. So you might hear Sprinkle throughout the interview. Where did uh, where the name Sprinkle come from? Temple of Saturn. How much okay. time do you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It came from his mother's vagina. Okay. Okay. Right. okay. <laughs> two that's two. That's two vaginas. As a so big far. fan, you have never heard these two guys doing what they're doing on this album. I'm sorry, you've never heard anything like it. I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and 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 not be sounded better. I just go ahead and agree. I'll go ahead and agree. Oh yeah, uh, take the win, take the W. You know about these about <laughs> well, you know, and primarily about these guys as well. You know, for me, it's just. You know, when I look back at um, all of my favorite, all of my favorite records, um, you know, they're these tremendous examples of very sort of um, very specific, very well thought out, very sort of uh, what you could perceive as single minded, you know, like, he, like 
hitting you like a monolith of a concept. And here it is from beginning to end. And you're getting this entire thing. And it's all essentially blasting you in the face with this one concept. But the reality of it is, is that those big, beautiful, epic musical moments that have sort of dotted my life, you know, over the course of however many years I've been doing this, they're all made up of individuals doing some really sort of specific idiosyncratic, only this person does this type of thing, type of stuff in that setting, you know, at the end of the day, like different people bringing their sort of their idiosyncrasies together to make one thing. I know all these guys influences. I've been, I've been friends with these dudes for 25 fucking years. I know everything they listen to. They have smashed their heroes. Oh, well. That's... Are being <laughs> falsely modest right now. They have smashed them. I'll take they it. I'll, I'll take it now than they've than anybody's ever done it in this way. Period. No, it is great. And it I, is great. I haven't broken any microphones to do it. That's the amazing <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's my past. Do, do you usually break a bunch of microphones when you're recording? I've, I've got a I've got a graveyard of SM58s laying <laughs> in my wake, Chris. Let me tell you something. I have I built quite the reputation in my younger days of of uh, of ruining other people's equipment, and I would like <laughs> to just go ahead, take this opportunity, this public forum, and apologize. To all of you. And so who would you think, Chris Deere, would be the appropriate person to record such a magnanimous effort? Oh, oh I, I, I see it. now. Hang on. Chris, what's... Because you can't just have well, what's, a couple of... What's your flow, though, Chris? Hang on, though. What's your flow? work and not <laughs> capture it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not dive directly into it. It's, let's, talk, let's talk about the uh, set of the album a little bit more. It's a so, slow burn. The band, the band's back now. You got a sick You know, we have 23 it's, minutes left. We're past. I drew it. Hang on. Hang on. Wait. I'm yeah. about to take some credit. You got a I drew sick that new shit. logo. That, that's really I, badass. Chris, I drew that shit. That's fucking sick, man. Uh, do you do all the art, I guess, for, for the project? Or? Um. So I drew the, the, I drew the current logo. I drew the, um, the previous. I am Daniel sort of, Roboletto. You are correct. I drew the previous um, the previous death metal logo that everybody loved, but I hated, which prompted me to draw a new one. Uh, I drew the cuddle monster, you know, little guy, and oh, did? I did okay. all. Oh yeah, I just on a piece of paper, That's and then we sc- and then we scanned it. A scanner was this thing it was like this flatbed thing that you, we had back in the day, where you would you know take your drawing, right? you would put it down, <laughs> and you could put it into the computer that way. Um, it was pretty cool at the time. Into edge. the computer. Into the computer. You'd put it <laughs> in the computer. Um, and the yeah, paper would just be gone because it'd be in the computer. Yeah, the paper like, would basically yeah. get swallowed up into the computer. That's how that works. I don't know if you guys were aware. I know a lot of the, your viewers are young. So, um, you know, I just want to make sure everybody knows what so, I'm talking uh, about. So, you got the yeah. sick new logo. You're on top of your game, apparently, doing the best stuff that y'all have done. Uh, what outside of that has evolved since y'all did Cuddle Monsters, since y'all did Pervivore, Jabberwocky? What's like uh, the new direction y'all are trying to like uh, get into? Uh, any new Hip-hop. additions to the sound overall? Hip hop, that'd be fucking sick. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's Kevin. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I chime in when needed. I like it. I like very important. Very important. Uh, I don't know that hip hop is a is 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 a. I don't know, like if 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 it's a north star for anybody or not. It might be though. Jay, what are you? Uh, you know, since <laughs> since uh, <laughs> the principal, since sort of the principal, uh, you know, beginning point of uh, of all of most of the songwriting. Fiftieth records by Fifty Cent and Robert Green. I, they co-authored. I never, 
Yeah. Great book. <laughs> so what's, 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 what's the question? Yeah. What would you say? What would you say sound wise? You know, like was the objective? Yeah. Like, how have y'all like evolved, uh, I guess, since Cuddle Monster? I died and that's when my playing got better. Yeah. Yeah. John was resurrected. Um, I, 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 um, <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my priorities as a, as a guitar player and a musician have, have changed. I mean, shit, if we're talking from cuddle monster, uh, you know, cause well, like, since we, the band came back, like, uh, when y'all start picking this stuff up seriously. Again. Um, I, 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 I tend to put like I, I used to focus a lot on uh, on single note playing and like a lot of uh, like leady sort of stuff like riffy sort of shit. And I personally don't really you mean like box. Um, stuff? No, no, no. I oh. no. <laughs> um, like single note stuff like more. Yeah. Driven? Like box. Stuff? Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm got, losing. Well, I got 16 away, hours into editing uh, Sprinkles new vid. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> of all single men. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot more with less, uh, a lot more with less and, and definitely like create a, uh, it's, it's, it's a sense of urgency, like just, uh, urgent is, is the overall vibe that I want to, that I want to get across. Um, and I like having, I like the challenge of, of working in like, just cool harmonic ideas that I feel really cool about harmonic textures and colors and stuff into music. That's, that's very hectic. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's something that's like really, really satisfying for me. Like there's like a really fucking bananas, like rhythmic pattern that I can do some cool, like harmonic passage through like some, maybe with a little bit of fucking voice leading in there. Like that's, that's where I feel accomplished at the end of the day. Um, you say it's more melt bananas. Yeah, it's it's exactly like melt banana. It's it sounds exactly like melt banana. No, no, not the band. You said bananas, so I just yeah to give you you know talk about Rich's shirt for a second. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pineapple I don't know if, bananas. Voice leader. Yeah. I don't you know, know that. I don't know that Jay has got a lot of fruit in his mind when he's when he's composing. But uh, you know, yeah, I just I'd assume not. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so, uh, Rich, you haven't been on any of the releases yet. Or is, is this your first one, or were you on another one? Too? <laughs> Wait, no, Rich. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John. I don't know why I thought I got the names mixed up. I'm yeah. sorry, John. This I'm is on your first all release of them. <laughs> I'm on everything. I'm so sorry. I got the names mixed up. I... <laughs> That's who lost in the sauce. I have a PhD in Rich Lombardiism. <laughs> As the singer of this band, uh, I object to that previous statement. But, uh, uh, is this your first release with them, John? Or were you Definitely. also on? It was? Okay, yeah. awesome. So, yes, uh, my first time playing with them, but it's my first real deal release. Gotcha. But we, we, you know, John, is, John has been... John's or Hey, Jackson. Hi. <laughs> they can hear you. Hey, John, John's orbited around the band since the, uh, since the beginning, you know, mm. John and Jay were friends since before Jay was in the band. Uh, you know, our bands that were playing sort of, at, you know, at, when we got together all kind of like, you know, like we always played with whatever band John was playing and we would always play with that band. Um, you know, so yeah, but this is the first time he's officially on a, a you know, one of our records. Go ahead. 
So, uh, do you change your style at all to uh, to incorporate uh, yourself into Sawtooth, or are you just like you have your own style that you feel like uh, works effectively amongst uh, all the bands that you've been a part of? Does that make sense? You talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he's quiet the whole night. Yeah, I just can't believe anybody's even talking to me. Um, so, first of all, these keys are almost a hundred years old. All right. Okay. Second of all, of course the style changes when I enter this band. Of course it does. How, how does it change? Like Thomas Robert Dean, who <laughs> I love, and I spent years practicing and shedding with. But that's a whole different vibe. It's a whole different vibe. So, of course, it's going to have my own self injected right inside of it. Well, no, I'm saying, do you Please. change your style to fit with the Sawtooth Grin? Or is it more uh, of just like your, I don't know, the natural way that you drum is brought into does that make sense or are you trying to conform yourself to are you, so you're asking me if when i'm like in north carolina i speak with a little southern twang <laughs> yeah I go to brooklyn new york i talk with a brooklyn accent hey. it's horrible no yeah yeah do you have a sauty southern accent i guess is what i'm saying no way bro i do i do what i do okay i got you. um <laughs> then uh we got the new uh, the newest member i guess uh kevin uh, hey! hey! Hello! Hey! So, what, what are you bringing you to this? Great! <laughs> I'm here. I'm back. I'm back. So, yeah. how, how did you get involved with Sawtooth, and uh, what are you bringing to the table? Uh, my old band, I the Glitter, used to play with them back in the day, a long time ago. Oh, Knife so, the Glitter? Sick. Sick band. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I talked to you or not, but I definitely talked to Knife the Glitter on here before. I don't know if you were. They were doing instrumental prog before. That was probably me then. Periphery, all that shit. Okay, okay. It's been a long time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if I forgot. I'm sorry I forgot. But uh, Kevin, Kevin was not in that interview with Knife the Glitter. I know okay. because I'm a fan of this show <laughs> and I watched that episode. Who was in it then? The other guys? <laughs> It was some of the other fellas. There's only two other ones, so it was a, it was a, it was it was the drummer and it was the fellow that used to sing before you guys went instrumental. Oh, Joe. Okay. Yeah, that must have been a while ago then. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. But uh, so, how cool. did you join Sawtooth, and uh, what are you? Uh... Uh, well, they asked me to record the new record. Um, I declined, but they kept pestering me, so I eventually had to give in. You know, I got to pay those bills. Um, so then, um, we finished the record and we listened to it a bunch and I was like, man, this is so good. And I, I feel like I, I record so many bands, like all the time, constantly. I very rarely ever want to be in them <laughs> and they're all, a lot of them are really great too, but this was like right up my alley. Like it's the language I already speak it's pretty much. Um, and, uh, they're all fun to hang out with us. So I just figured. Yeah, maybe they'll want me to play. And they said yes. So we're I thought he was now playing married. Coy, man. I thought he was playing coy. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, th I think he's like, might be for real. Like, like Kevin is so sick. And he's like, dude, if you go to like, maybe like a homie on guitar for shows, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. So good. <laughs> I got two phone calls. I got two phone calls, one from each of these, one from each of these guys, one from Jay and one from John, were two totally different accounts of Kevin trying to sort of insinuate Weasel. that maybe he'd be interesting <laughs> in, in joining the band. And I get a call from Jay and Jay is just like, dude, like we had a lot of fun recording today. It was, it, you know, it was cool. You know, uh, you know, Kevin was joking around a lot about like joining the band. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of cool. And then I got a call from John and John was like, Kevin wants to join the band. 
like for real. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "What? Which is it?" I don't... <laughs> uh, so... Kevin's sick, dude. He's he's done a lot. Kevin of Kevin is sick. <laughs> he's done Thanks, a lot guys. of cool games. He's recorded a lot of sick bands. Like uh, it's not. He didn't just join the band. He sort of put a stamp of like that's the real deal. Yeah, I recorded John when he was a little baby. Yeah. Way back, back in 2008, I think. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we talked about some of your influences from back then. Um, how have they changed since? So what are you currently being influenced by? Oh, man. Uh, I personally, I, I don't listen to music really all that much. I know that's a really pretentious thing to say, but like... I, no, I get that I, a lot, actually. A lot of people don't keep up with like the new releases. Really? So, yeah. Oh, dude, that's cool. Like, I... I, I like and and I'm I'm not even joking. Like the 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 last thing I listened to was your new EP. Like I, I've oh, been shit. painting my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been painting my house, and on uh, Friday or Thursday night, I put it on, and it's it's only like what twelve minutes. Yeah. So so I listened to it like like yeah. ten times. Like, <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I swear to God, while I painted my hallway, it's dude, shit is is bananas. <laughs> well, congrats, congratulations, Chris, on the new EP. Congratulations. Very cool. Bubblegum laser. Unicorn Something. Laser Bubblegum City. Yeah, that's all. That's that's everything that you need in one title. If you think about it. But if if anything, if what anything I'm I'm influenced by, like what I'm bringing now is, I like I'm just I'm listening to a lot of classical music and uh, anything outside of that that I'm listening to is it's usually either like Emperor or uh, or or Hate Eternal. Uh, one of those two. One of a couple of their records I'll throw on. Um, you know, if I want something. Uh, a little heavier um right but i've, I've been i recently in my life i've been meditating a lot on like you know classic like 90s like black metal um not necessarily like harmonically or melodically but just like the fucking oh, attitude and the, the urgency that they're bringing like seeing seeing emperor live is one of one of the coolest things that i ever got to do and like just the the say it's it just you felt like you're on the precipice of like a just a fucking natural disaster. Uh, there's just this whole energy that they bring is is something that I would like to you know convey at least once in my musical life. It's interesting that like you're talking about listening to black metal and stuff, and you're like one of the primary writers for the Sawtooth Grin, which. To me, there's no like connection like Chris, between Chris, Black. He Metal is the primary writer for Sartre's Man, by the way. Okay, okay, the primary, the primary writer. writer. There we go. Okay. Um, so, like, how do you? Is there like a switch just flip in your head and you're just like, all right, it's Sawtooth time and start writing riffs? Or how does that work for you? Dude, I have no idea. Like, I, I, <laughs> a, a, a bunch of years ago, I, I made peace with myself. Like, I, like I as I'm still in 19, 18, 17 years old, just wanting to be in like just wanting to be in morbid angel like that's <laughs> really if you're listening to this it's if trey has a thought is listening right now like dude i i love you i got the <laughs> tattoo like on my you know um what's your favorite album and, by morbid angel morbid angel oh my god that's that's really rough uh probably Asian. covenant covenant is is where it's at the correct answer is um, always gateways to annihilation so fuck that uh, record <laughs> no yeah yeah no you're you're a little younger than me i could tell that's why that's totally why yeah yeah god this is awesome this is an awesome exchange right now but yeah yeah i <laughs> i uh i, I reach, what's your favorite cradle of filth album huh dusk and her embrace who me 
Cradle of Filth. Yeah, I think he's uh, asking you what's your favorite. I have, no, I, have, I have no connection to Cradle of Filth. All right, Chris, whatsoever. this is very important right now. Also, the two of them are ganging up on me. They both say I Monarch is the best. I say, it is. Yeah, it I is. say King of All Kings is pretty legit. No, that's, that's I don't really listen bad. to Cradle oh, of Filth. That's not hate that's, that's hate eternal. That's yeah. hate. Oh, that's we hate jumped. eternal. Sorry. Okay, we're sorry we jumped on you. Yeah, we jumped. <laughs> I don't really listen to hate that. eternal much either. <laughs> I'm sticking oh, up man. for King of All Kings. I I'm on our baby. Brutal AF. Look at you would ask. You would ask how I like. I in in like in my heart. I really really do aim at that stuff. Like I really aim at that stuff, and I've just accepted over the years that like it's gonna fucking. It's like I aim at that. It's gonna land somewhere like. You know, if if I'm aiming like at, at Emperor, what it's gonna it's gonna I land. That fast. <laughs> John just can't play that. Fast, he's making no. he's he's def- <laughs> he's making it sound like there's anything more complicated. That I just can't go that fast. But we're still making those records. We're still making <laughs> that kind of a record. I'll, ne- I'll never be in, 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 a, in a straight up really sick legit death metal band, and that's just a fact that I'm gonna have to like accept. <laughs> I'm sure there's you people know, that would that would uh, make a death metal band with you. I don't know that I could really write. That's like when I doing. try to when doing. I try when I try to write like sick death metal riffs, it comes out as like sawtooth. Really, that's <laughs> crazy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's a curse, then it's a blessing and a curse. Then the I guess. curse. Like, yeah, uh, that's I what it is. So, yeah. Blessing. <laughs> I don't know. I I think um um. I'm going to echo a little bit of Jay's sentiment regarding current stuff, but with maybe a, a little twist because I do and have made it a point, uh, especially as like the old guy in the room. I think that the easiest way to um, stay relevant is to kind of pay attention to what's going on. Um, I, at the same time, wasn't interested in collecting a lot of sort of genre <laughs> genre adjacent uh, influences when we were in the process of kind of crafting this stuff. I really, really love the idea of not going in with too big a frame of reference for sort of like the whatever the current landscape is, and you know, like the, across all the the, the different genres. Um, but as soon as we got finished, sort of authoring the material, you know, so like before we had really moved into the recording sort of part of the process, I opened it up. I opened the floodgates and was just taking in sort of like this the scene, so to speak, like just kind of. Paying attention to all the chat bands. Know what you think of Callus Dowboys and Pupil Slicer? What do I think of Cat? I love them. Hey, look at me. That's what I'm talking about. I'm Callus Dowboys and Pupil Slicer. Chat wants to know. I'm with you guys. I'm with. I'm with Chat on Callus Dowboys. I'm with Chat on Pupil Slicer. Uh, I'm with. uh, Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like, and the idea that like. you could say to me that you're blue till you're blue in the face that like uh, like all these like current bands are citing you guys as an influence because a lot of people at this point are like you know we're hearing that a lot and warm uh, shepherd is sick and I kind of just like shrugging and saying like I can't imagine that that's true we didn't really accomplish a heck of a lot we're not particularly uh, important we don't have a big catalog for people to consider but it's like I. Watch through your podcast. I listen to the math cast. I watch like I'm paying attention to what's going on. It's like, man, people do like people do cite us a lot. And I think that that's, I don't know. Thank you. I want to say like publicly, thank you all so, so much. That's I'd love that's to get really, like, with uh, a massively. They're so sick. Esquela is so sick. I mean, like this is just one of those things where I just kind of am like uh, started beside myself a little bit. You know, I'm not crying. 
But, <laughs> you know, uh, but as far as what I've been listening to in, in, in my time away from, you know, making a racket in a band, it's just a lot of Tom Waits. This is a lot of Tom Waits. Really? Okay. It's like my main, that's my main thing, you know. I wrote a, a report for college about <laughs> Tom Waits. You wrote a report about Tom for college? Yeah, man. I had this whole troubadour section of uh, pre, pre-Renaissance uh, medieval uh, Southern France southwestern italians troubadours and they were like give me a modern example of a person yeah. singing their heart out with double meaning about love and i'm like and then it, it has to be somebody that played at the troubadour in los angeles that would do it that would do that it right there boy. Right. yeah so, he's probably he's probably my all-time favorite i don't do or sound anything like the man but i you know it's just the you know end all be all for me you know he's my hate eternal <laughs> so john uh what influences you nowadays dude there's a whole scene uh like uh like uh jd beck donny keys lewis cole thundercat uh the the old 55 bar new jazz guys down in new york city like uh 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 four uh what's his name you know what i'm talking about the drummer that from tigran hamasian but then that whole scene that whole click everything they're doing is crazy it's nuts it's amazing nowhere is amazing Lewis Cole's stuff is amazing. Uh, it's a whole scene. It's a whole scene of uh, do your homework, get your shit together, learn how to play your instrument, and then jerk off into a tornado with your whole family watching. <laughs> I can't say I know any of those names that you mentioned. I'm assuming they're all like jazz drummers and stuff. No, man, it's not jazz. Dude, listen, there's musicians making legitimate music right now. It doesn't okay. need you. To- Bullshit. Give it a shot. Yeah. I'm just saying. calling bullshit on that. <laughs> All right, call my bullshit. Prove me. Nowhere wrong. is great. Nowhere is great for sure. sure. Debate me. Let's go. That's what I thought. Anyway, those cats are sick because they're pushing boundaries, and they don't give a fuck. Pardon my French. Hey, you don't need to pardon your French here, man. We- All these other cats, even in the grindcore scene. Come on, about one percent. Is actually going there. <laughs> What's a, a grindcore drummer that you think is is going there? A grindcore drummer? Yeah. Dude, how about uh, Eloy Casagrande taking over for Igor Cavalera in Sepultura? <laughs> Sepultura. He hits the drum so hard the stage breaks. <laughs> what really? That's crazy. Eloy Casagrande, you never seen his shit? No, no I, I don't really listen to Sepultura. You don't know what Sepultura is? I, I know who they are. I just, yeah. Okay. Arise, baby. That's That album is great, man. Arise is great. Dude, there's great a record. whole world of heavy shit now, but only certain people are trying to take it all the way. Everybody else, coward. Coward. Who, who's another musician that's taking it all the way? Let me look at... Uh, Buke and Gase used to. Their new album's not doing it for me, but their old shit, amazing. Amefe, amazing. Oh, do you listen to EDM at all? Uh, not really. Polo and Pan is the sickest French band from Paris. Who did we just say that was in Paris? DJ. DJ? <laughs> Polo and Pan is so plan? sick. It's our guy. It's our guys over there. DJs. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that one is sick as hell. Oh, oh my God. Dude, have you heard Casimir Liberski? No. All right. Have you heard of Animals as Leaders? Okay, yeah. They have a drummer in their band named Matthew Garska. He's the Jedi of drumming in 
the world in 2022. He's also played a jazz record in 2019 oh, nice. with Casimir Liberski. It's the sickest shit ever. They're going balls deep, pedal to the metal. Hmm. Listen to that hey, shit. Check it out. That's a recommend if I've ever heard oh my God. one. <laughs> and another sick grind slash hardcore, ludicrously heavy band from Buffalo, New York called Scumfire. Yeah. Rich knows what I'm talking about. I think I've heard Back that. Name out. That's Scumfire. my brother's band. Check it out. Just just try on, just try saying Scumfire. Oh, that's definitely that where I heard sense. it from is because your brother was in it. That's right. I remember that. My brother's sick, in it. Sick band. Very sick. Very cool. So, Kevin, what are some of your influences Hi. going into this? <laughs> Big Kev. Um, I'm kind of like like Jason where um, I don't listen to music. Like, I just came back on a long car ride today with zero radio the entire time because I listen to more music than anyone I know because I'm working on it for eight to ten hours a day. Thanks. So, like, yeah, when I'm done doing that, the last thing I want to do, honestly, is like, you know, what I used to do was, you know, look for more bands and music and stuff. And I just... It's, it's overload, you know, when you work on it all day. So, so are you a podcast um, guy or are you literally sitting in silence? No, I'm a podcast guy. You know, I listen to people talk sometimes, you know, if, okay. if, if I'm by myself usually. Um, so silly podcast, com- uh, like, like comedy podcast, stuff like that. But um, influences, I mean, for me, it's always been like King Crimson, um, a lot of okay. their, their catalog, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. taking it way Talking back. Music, then. Rush. Yeah, yeah, old, old stuff. I'm an old man. I see all this gray in here. <laughs> it's wisdom. That's why I shaved. I was like, oh man, I gotta look younger. I gotta look younger for this podcast. <laughs> if I shaved, my wife would literally leave me right now. So I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, just trying to look through the chat a little bit more. Uh, okay. I think what about you, Chris? What are you listening to? Yeah, to the chat. Lewis Cole is effing sick, and Clamcore is sick. Is, so is one of those guys you mentioned in Clowncore then, John? Say it again? Is one of those guys you mentioned in Clowncore? Yeah, yeah. Lewis Cole's a drummer in Clowncore. Okay, cool. Gotcha. But he did. that was a joke. That was that was a silly joke. Although it's sick. Okay. <laughs> even, when he, even when he farts, it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I'm into, uh, right now my two uh, top uh, top albums are Black Matter Devices album and Chat Pile. Fucking sick. Uh, Gospel's yeah. really badass, too. Um, but yeah, uh, so the lyrics are full of metaphors and imagery. I'm assuming rich, you did, you did all the lyrics or I did. Okay. Sick. Uh, full of metaphors and imagery. What's the overall theme of the lyrics? Wow. Oh boy. All right. Well, um, this band, uh, each individual member has had, um, you know, their own arc back to the band, their own sort of pathway back to the band. Uh, and some of that, some of that's been sort of paved with hardships or, or whatever, um, and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I was, I was really looking to approach the, the lyrics from sort of my perspective. And my perspective was that I am just like this, uh, family guy who lives in North Carolina and I got a wife, I got a kid, I got a house and I'm good and everything's cool. And so I thought, you know, from a band that was that prided itself on being really antagonistic for the whole duration of its previous existence. I thought in 2022, what is the best and most efficient way to sort of capture the spirit of being an antagonist, a villain, uh, without 
retreading the same ground because the same ground doesn't work in 2022, you know, like the, the, to be the way we were to be the, to be antagonistic in the way we were being when we were younger, wouldn't play or wouldn't work. It just wouldn't kind of make sense in, in this day and age. Uh, and I really, I don't know, like, again, paying attention to like where a lot of bands are coming from, paying attention to sort of just like the general landscape of how does people feel on a day-to-day basis about any given thing? I said, the most antagonistic thing I could do is to just make a whole record about how I'm doing okay. Like I'm doing well, like here's a record about how I'm doing well. I mow the lawn. I like it. You know, like it's cool. Like everything's good. You know, I got a mortgage. It's cool. Like, wait, these are what the lyrics are about. Really? So, so, so (laughs) so the perspective that I was coming into, uh, you know, writing these lyrics was that sort of kind of like spiteful, passive aggressive, like, and that's where the album title came from, because it's not just the album title is not just good. It's good. You know what I mean? It's like it's got that period at the end of it. It's sort of like a how you doing? Good. Like, you know, like uh, I don't like your band. Good. You know, sort of like that sort of thing is like where I'm unaffected. I don't care. Things are fine. You know, like it doesn't matter to me. Yada, yada, yada. So we had this entire arc of that I was going to be really pissy and passive aggressive and kind of like mean spirited and all that kind of stuff. But but all of what I was going to be saying was just like stuff that I feel like is sort of positive about me, my surroundings, my life, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then like these dudes in the band that I am in the band with these dudes and they wrote like a really, really phenomenal record that's very much sort of like the musical equivalent to putting your heart on your sleeve and really going for it. And I said, I have to try, like, I have to try to match this. I have to try to be earnest and sincere. And it doesn't necessarily have to be from a different perspective, you know, a perspective that's not about like, everything's okay and I'm doing good, but it needs to be a little more earnest. You know what I mean? So I, I really, for me, the overarching themes that actually end up on the album are just about sort of self-reflection. They're about sort of um, finding places in your life to be satisfied. They're about uh, doing this band again because you truly genuinely enjoy it and you enjoy working with the people that you're working with. Uh, you know, there's songs on, there's a song on this song about my apple tree. There's a song, there's a song on this record about the block parties that we throw in this neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like there's just all kinds of stuff. It's just life. It's just life. The whole album is just about living and making the best of things and appreciating things. And a fair amount of it is about reflecting on the past. You know, uh, Afterlife Kids is a really good example. You know, that is essentially... That's just me looking at myself from 20 years ago and asking myself the question, uh, you know, am I, you know, at like 2022 Rich Lombardi, am I the ghost of my former self or is my former self the haunted past that follows me around that's just trying to live my life? You know what I mean? Like, I don't need this as sort of it, it is sort of like a preemptive strike on like all of the tour wins that we're going to get. You know what I mean? Where it's sort of just like, yeah, like I love playing live. I always have loved playing live, um, you know, but we're going to have tons of logistical limitations, tons of family related limitations, tons of all kinds of limitations. We don't, none of us live in the same area. I mean, you know, we want to play live and we will play live. 
you know, but it's the kind of thing where I, you know, we have, we each don't worry, everybody, we're going to do six shows. There will be six. We're going to do six. We okay. are going to do six shows. They will be sick. Absolutely. hundred percent. But you know, the, the, uh, the relentless touring is a younger man's game that doesn't have like, uh, you know, other stuff connected. Rich, can I pause some, you? There's a nice question that. for you in the chat. I know you can't. I'll take it. What? All right. Well, what we were going to get to it, but just one second. Elliptica so Bra says, I feel like the record is almost coming from a retrospective angle, like quote, everything good now, but we look back on the past and this led to the negative things and they may have happened. And then to track with like, breathe in with a grin and breathe out with a sigh and Enra really enraptures this. It's like hyper casual coming at regular life in an aggressive, angry way. Rich care to comment. I would care to comment. Uh, it definitely comes at it in an aggressive way. I'm not harboring a ton of anger. Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, the a little bit of the lyrics point to that I don't need ang I don't need anger to do this. You know, that's not where I'm coming from. What like I had played a, a gig a couple of years ago with a, a you know a band that I was in down here at the time, uh, Old Painless, um, and it was the first and only time my kid has ever seen me play live. You know, at the time he was probably uh, five or six and, uh, you know, he had the the big hands on his ears to protect him and he'd never seen anything like it. And he was there. He was right there watching us play. We were playing in this tiny little divey, like uh, not divey. It's a beautiful. I'm sorry. because a buddy of mine runs it. School Kids Records, a beautiful place. There's a tiny little spot. And, uh, you know, so they were all packed in there and we played the set and he came up to me after we played and he gave me a huge hug. And he said, Daddy, he's like, you're really good at screaming. And he's <laughs> like, why were you screaming? <laughs> I, I said to him, I said, son, when you're, uh, when you are a mediocre white man and you have something in your life that people regard you as good at, it's very difficult to not do it. <laughs> That's what I said to him. So, you know, that really kind of like, uh, cuts, cuts to the, the heart of it, you know, for me, uh, is you know, what else am I going to do in the band? You know? So I'm gonna... <laughs> I guess this would be like, I don't know. Uh, I kind of like dad math core. I guess you could call it dad like, in core. terms of like yeah, leadership. Dad core. Very cool. It's got a lot and of dad so, going on. Okay. It's okay. A very much this. A lot of this record is about being a dad. A lot of this record is about celebrating the gift. The gift of of getting to see my kid have have a like a youth, and also to like mourn my loss of it. You know what I mean? It's sort of like this amazing kind of like I'm watching this child see everything through a child's eyes. I'm watching him grow up. I'm watching him have that experience. And it's very much, you know, living in a neighborhood like we live in. It's very much the experience that I had growing up. And I That's love James it for him. From Ulysses, he says, uh, the life of the son is the death of the father. Yeah, it's sort of that. I mean, I, I, I love it. I love it so much and I love it for him. And it, it makes me swell with happiness, you know, but also like, man, I miss, I miss being a kid so much. That's you know? such an so, interesting the lyrics lyrical are that. theme. Like I, I don't think I've yeah. ever heard a band try to do that before. So th that's a hundred percent where I'm at. Yeah, huh. <laughs> that's where I'm at. That's where that's I'm at. Super brother. interesting. Oh, thank what you. do you think about that, Sprink? I I I, I agree. Uh, so where was I? I? Saw a question on here. was oh here we go. Um, X. IL3FFF says, uh, Rich, what was your introduction to screaming in music? Introduction to screaming in music. This is a great question. I, um, back when we were young, my brother and I, because uh, we're close in age, we're uh, three years apart. And so, like, when we were young, we, you know, we played in all the same bands and stuff. But before all that, before all that, what really kind of got us into it was um, 
It's insane to think that you could cite the radio as a resource for this type of music. But growing up in New York, we had uh, access to Seton Hall's pirate radio. Uh, you know, the, the oh, university. WSOU? Yeah, WSOU. And literally everything that we heard for the first time, we heard it on that station. That's where we heard That's at the game. Kevin's neck of the woods there. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, dude. That's where we heard yours. That's where we heard at the gates, slaughter of the soul. That's where we heard vision of disorder. Uh, when the, and the first time I heard that dude scream, uh, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Like my introduction to screaming, uh, dates further back than that. You know, I'm, a, uh, I am a child that was raised on music by my parents. Uh, you know, they raised me on, uh, you know, rock and roll from the sixties and doo-wop from the sixties and R and B soul from the sixties. And I, that's the good stuff kept, right there. I kept, dude, I kept it. I kept it all. And I still go back to it. I still reference it. James Brown you know, was for, a screamer. For me, James Brown, like that's, that to me is like, that's, the, that's a scream that I'm chasing. Paul McCartney is a scream that I'm chasing. Yep. You know, if you really think about it, dude, like, I, like all that stuff, you know, Joplin and, was and, a screamer. Dude, Joplin, that's a scream that you chase. I mean, and cause those are earnest gut, like from the gut, like from the diaphragm, like big screams. I'm not like a, I'm not a practitioner of, or a particularly like a fan of like the modern concept of like this, like I call it the scream impression that like a lot of groups do where it's like, oh, this, across uh, bullshit. This, this is like how you do it. So you don't hurt your voice. I'm just like, nah, like I'm just going to really just scream as hard as I can. Melissa well. cross shit is shit. Do you ever just like shred your voice? Like to where you can't even speak anymore then? Like, does so, you yeah, want to kind of preserve it during the course of during when I'm, when we were in the middle of sort of our initial run and we were playing out. Oh we yeah. Were, good call. Frank Zappa. We're playing. That was a great, that's a great reference point. Absolutely. hundred percent. Thank you, chat. Um, when we were, when we were initially active and we were playing a lot and we were practicing a lot and I was just really sort of sunk into it. Um, you know, there was not really, I was sort of bulletproof. There was, there wasn't anything I could do that was going to adversely affect, um, my, you know, like my scream or my speaking or whatever it was. I, you know, it was just, I just pushed as hard as I could. And then when it was done, it was done. And I could have a chat with you. I was probably out of breath. Uh, but otherwise it wasn't like I was losing my voice now to record this album. I did the vocals in three days and we're in a scenario where I'm not, not actively practicing in a band. Uh, I'm not actively in a room with these guys, like hashing out these tunes after over the three years it took us to kind of compose them. Uh, I didn't really have anything that I would typically have all the tools that you would have as like a, like a vocalist in this type of, this type of environment. So by the end of the third day of recording up at, uh, you know, up in Kevin's joint back room, uh, I was, I couldn't speak. My actual speaking voice was gone, but I could still scream. I could still scream. Like I could oh, still dude, do he was it. screaming like a banshee and he was gone. It was like 24 hours straight of nothing but screaming. He couldn't even talk. He lost his voice. He yeah. walked in the vocal booth still like a banshee from hell. Still, still screaming. Yeah, right. I could still scream, but I could, because they're really, I don't know, man. Like I'm a big, I'm a big like scream from the diaphragm kind of guy, you know, like full belly breath and push it out as hard as you can. And I, I don't know, to me, it's like, I guess mechanically they're different enough, like speaking and screaming, you know, that, if you're if you're truly practiced up, that's really it's not about like coming up with an impression of a scream that doesn't hurt your voice. It's just about like, no, you just get good at not like you just get good at it. You mm. just practice and get better. 
you know. This guy's lungs have never been better. He's I feel crazy feel lungs. A big lung capacity on this guy, that's for sure. I don't have a lot, but I got a big lung capacity. Got a huge lung, too. <laughs> uh, what was the question? When was your first introduction to uh, uh, screaming? Right. Okay. So I gave you the stages, you know, my early life, you know, all that screaming. Like, dude, the, Al Green, man, you listen to like a soulful Al Green tune, and then he rips one of those high notes, and you're just like, what in the world? Like, stuff like that, I'll always call back to and I'll always think of and as just like these like pure organic sort of like shrieks. You should make a distinction um, you know, though, not Yoko Ono, not that weird experimental stuff. I, I kind of like that too. I kind of like that too. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kidding, that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's kind of my that's kind of my headspace. And then once we, you know, we were in our early teens and we got we got uh, WSOU Pirate Radio, and that was really that was really what broke things open to us, you know, because we were like Sepultura kids, we were like Napalm Death kids, we were like. Uh, you know, Fear Factory kids, uh, which oh is God, something that feels, dude, that Soul of a New Machine, that first record is really so good. Um, <laughs> it's really, really good. Uh, you know, and then sort of it went from there. Like I was a big obituary guy as well, like back when I was younger. Now, not nearly fast enough for All my right, taste. I need to ask a question. Like an old guy. But. I'm going to, I don't mean to shift the focus, but I need to ask a question because I don't even know the answer to this. At some point, Sprinkle switched to Telecaster Fender guitars only. And I don't know what the impetus for that was. When did that, that was because uh, Rich? Because that's that's because your brother really sweated uh, Telecasters, and I, I forget uh -huh. what I what I brought to the band initially, but I got my student loan or my my financial aid refund from. I was in community college, so I got my financial refund financial aid refund check, and it was like I don't know, like two grand or something. And I we had rehearsal uh later that day or, or the next day or something and i was driving home and i stopped at uh the music store and there was just you know brand new american standard telecaster and i, I bought it just to fucking spite your brother just to bring it there and see your brother's <laughs> reaction that's perfect how, how mad he got if that's not this band in a <laughs> nutshell then i don't know what is honestly one time i tickled rich's brother and he cut all the strings off the guitar I was playing. It was his own <laughs> guitar. Cut him with a scissor. Yeah. He nice. was like, never tickle me. Again. It was like, the, dude, it was like, <clears throat> Montrose, New York was like the Wild West back then, man. He was just crazy. He was crazy on the streets of Montrose. I don't know what to tell you. Crazy. It was right by a nuclear power plant. Is what it was. Yeah. Oh, that's probably <laughs> what it is. Yeah, yeah. We grew up in a nuclear power plant. Shout out to Indian Point. <laughs> Uh, so, Jason, you play Telecasters exclusively. I play, I play Telecasters uh, exclusively. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess if it sounds good, like you know, why, uh, why change it? But that's, that's. I've, I've, I've just, I've grown to like it's just part of uh, like it's part of how I play the guitar now. Like just the the tone that comes out of it, and like how I actually hit the strings and like the sound that it makes and. Uh, you know, I have I another just, very talented guitar friend who's described your sound on the new record as spanky. Spanky, that's cool. They were like, I've never mission heard accomplished. I, I mission heard accomplished. So heavy and be so spanky. <laughs> I can see that. And if if it's you know if it interests any anybody, I I, I prefer uh, Squire Telecasters over uh, top of the line Fender stuff. Right. 
<clears throat> also has a sonically, sonically, not just financially. Yeah. So let's get into the recording stuff. Uh, you recorded with Kevin uh, and Tr- there's no way I'm pronouncing. He's right there. Yes, he's right here. Oh my God! I'm an idiot. I just now realized. <laughs> Chris, you can read it on the bottom left of the thing. Kevin, what, how about Kev? Once, oh, once for the room. Once for the room, Kevin. What is it? Antriasian. Hey, Well, it's recorded at Backroom Studios, right? Yeah. Alrighty. So, what was uh, what was it like having to deal with these guys recording it? A lot, it of, tickling. A lot of tickling. There's more tickling than recording, probably. It's mostly tickling, <laughs> I think. <laughs> it was good. I mean, we did it over the course of uh, a couple months, right? We did the drums in a session, a couple sessions, mm-hmm. and then we did the guitars in like a few sessions. Yeah. Uh, bass DJ came in, and just rocked it in like a day, maybe two days. I don't remember. Man's a superhero. Yeah, uh, they were very prepared. They had all the stuff like like uh, like uh, written out and everything for everyone. So that was cool. And then um, uh, Rich came into the vocals with uh, my guy Simon because uh, I couldn't do it because I was just getting over. I actually just happened oh, a concussion. Yeah, so I rocked my head pretty hard. So I couldn't like uh, I couldn't do anything. And they got it right when it like get it at its worst. So oh. uh, I had to like stop doing almost everything at that point for like a Jesus. couple weeks. What happened? Yeah, but, uh, I was in a cave and I and I wasn't watching where I was going and I smacked my head on the ceiling. Oh, like your man cave? Brisket. Okay, I was like, whoa! This no, 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 a cave, cave. a cave, no, cave. No, an actual a cave. cave. Oh, an actual <laughs> cave. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah, in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Like, so, do you go uh, spelunking yeah. and shit, or is this like a guided tour kind of thing? It was like a guided tour type thing. Yeah, okay, and then right now. so it's not that exciting of a story, but you know that's mm-hmm. uh, so. But they uh, then we mixed it and mastered it and. Sounds sounds pretty okay, I think. Right, guys? It's okay, John. Yeah, it's decent. It's all right. It's decent. Kevin, uh, Jimmy Glassbeats wants to know. Speaking of Spanky, John, what snare did you use on this album? Love the sound. Ooh, uh, Ooh. Kevin, break it down, Broski. Break it down, yeah. Kevin. I have this one snare drum that I use on like so many records. Actually, it's the old Miss Machine snare drum that I got from Chris Penny, um, and I've had the head on it for the past like four years or three years or something and so many bands have recorded on it and it just, no one's broken it and it just sounds so good and that's what he used the so. miss machine snare yeah it's a uh dw brass so it's cool it's a great sound snare tremendous well as it's on sound uh gargling diarrhea says do you run uh stock pickups on your te- on your telecasters or have you nope. upgraded to aftermarket aftermarket pickups bare knuckle bruh yeah, as as John just said, I, I have a, uh, a, a bare knuckle Cobra T uh, in a bridge position and a stock, uh, you know, in the neck. And I, I play a, a classic vibe, Squire Telly, if uh, Gargling Diarrhea is uh, concerned. He's who asked, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give me blast yeah. beats of Gargling Diarrhea. <laughs> nice. But for for Sawtooth, I, I I almost only play uh, a bridge bridge pickup. Did you tell Jimmy Glassbeats that I used the Chris Penny Miss Machine share snare? Oh yeah, we went yeah. over that. What were you? We happen, just man. we just went over that. <laughs> Fast. Good. So I how long did the recording it. process take from start to finish? Uh, it was pretty I protracted. Mean, I can check. Yeah. Oh, I, all I, right. I can, I, go ahead. You you take it. You take it. I don't remember. Oh, sorry. I was drunk uh, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Kevin was pretty fucking pretty loaded. Um, pretty lit. To show up. <laughs> so uh, it, it was like a week or two here and there over the course of, uh, I don't know, about six months. So it was about a week and a half in February and then another week in April and then a couple days in May and then a couple days in August. Okay. It's not too bad. Not too- about two two days of tracking per musician, and then uh, a bunch of mixing. That's actually a lot now that I think about it. Like just two days to record each instrument. That's crazy. Per, yeah, per, yeah, per musician per. for sure. Yeah, they're all pretty good. So it wasn't too it wasn't too uh, too bad. I actually have every date in my calendar right in front of me. I can oh read great. Them off you, I <laughs> oh, so what about the mixing part? Mixing and mashing part. How long did that take to? Uh, I did the editing. Like- yeah, John, uh, John chops a few things up before uh, he handed it to me, back to me. Um, I think it took, uh, I don't like to do too much at once. I like to do little by little by little and then like, you know, let the artist sit with it for a little bit. Uh, I think it took probably like a week or two, maybe like all things said and done. And then they came in towards the end and we went over, we did the final like mixed revision all together and hung out and stuff. So that was fun. Kevin uh, added a few little bells and whistles on the yeah I, I played I, I did a little couple annoying sounds i did a little little organ part that no one will ever probably notice in one of the songs <laughs> i like it <laughs> um i did hear the uh sprinklers and stuff like that are those like actual field recordings or yep oh like, for those real are all, those are all sounds from my suburban life <laughs> that's real. fucking sick that's there you go and now knowing that like the lyrics are about uh like kind of like i guess yeah. suburban life or whatever that that fits so well it's when i first heard the it po- i was like what's the deal with the fucking sprinklers and shit? the point <laughs> emerges yeah it's sprinklers and then one of them is a is the sound of the tire you know the tire clicking noise but bicycle, bicycle tires oh, bicycle. oh yeah. okay okay that's in there that's in there as well you're <laughs> hearing sick. you're hearing all recordings of the soundtrack of being a dad yeah, <laughs> that's Real such a good concept. Oh my god, that's church so bells, bike tires, sprinklers, the whole vibe. It's like there is an Edenic paradise living just above the surface of hell, and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yep. Uh, PRKR <laughs> in chat says uh, to ask Kevin what tracks James Hetfield is on. Oh. <laughs> Someone has been to my studio before. <laughs> Love that snare sound from Say Anger. Uh, they said that they're from Wildman. Okay. They they have experienced the live uh, James Hetfield dropped into their track. I don't. <laughs> did we ever get to do that with you guys? Did I drop any uh, of my no. stems into your songs? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next record. Next record. I have all those. <laughs> Do you just randomly Excellent. interject James Hetfield into like albums or something? James Hetfield is a popular one for sure because I have lots of material. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we'll do the dude from Disturbed. We'll throw that on their track and scare the shit out of people when they're tracking vocals. Wizard so Crowd King Nothing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so. <laughs> Sprinkle, what do you have for dessert after dinner? What tonight? There's no no dessert. Why well, I, I haven't had any yet, yet either. I would love a vegan jam dot cookie with raspberry sauce. Do it. So right. we got the album artwork up on screen now. Uh, 
it makes a little bit more sense knowing what the lyrics are about. But uh, you want to hey, go ahead and explain uh, what's what's going on with this? It's meant Ooh. to be delicious. <laughs> Taste yeah. very good. So they you to eat it. Can you you got it? It's there. It is. Yeah, it's hey, on the chat. It's up. I see it it's now. Up. Cool. Yeah. So the uh, illustration for the album art was uh, created for us by uh, legendary manga artist Shintaro Kago. Jay, show uh, me your chat. Uh, it's not it's not in a convenient spot it's not in a convenient <laughs> spot uh jay actually was the one who uh thought it would be a cool idea to reach out to him uh and so he did he emailed him and uh i guess he just said yes right jay uh yeah shintaro kigo is just he's he's just a machine like he uh <laughs> i'm surprised after the facts like at my my uncertainty as to whether or not he would work with us like because he's just he's just a professional and he's just like constantly creating art and you know so somebody's showing up in his email like offering him money to like you know make a piece of artwork yeah of course like what do you want in it it's just very very professional and very business-like and he cranked that shit out um is he i assume he's a famous artist and i'm just an yeah. idiot for not knowing who he is oh yeah <laughs> I, you're I wouldn't I, say you're I, an idiot. Not you're not. No, absolutely. I not. assume he's a famous idiot. artist. <laughs> he is. Um, he is a famous artist. Must though. be cool. I would say so. What, if, what you're, if, you're, uh, would do. if you're a fan of like uh, like surreal, um, a lot of his stuff is very like not safe for work, like at all. Um, he's been around for a really long time, um, and uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but like I think it's Arrow Guru. I think that's the particular style that he uh, exists in. And it's, it's, it's pretty pornographic. There's a lot of vivisection. There's a lot of um, it's, it's really, really wild stuff. What, what speaks to me so much about his artwork is that like, while it's very gory, it's not very violent. Like all of his vivisection stuff is just, it's just this admiration for things and for like for for people and animals so like you'll have them all like dissected and like rearranged and put together in like different ways and um it's it's just highly recommended if you just like google and and shintaro kago and like look through like whatever images pop up or like you know if you feel inspired to like pick up an art book whoever's like listening right now like it's just really really cool really out there stuff that really really resonated with me and as this album was starting to come together I just, I don't know. It's just something, something was telling me like this guy might be the one, you know, he might be who, who we got to get to do this. And, uh, what the, the, the cool thing, well, I, me and Rich think it's really cool. I think everybody thinks it's, it's pretty cool, but like Shintaro Kago, he does do some G rated stuff, but that's not really his shtick. So us getting him to do something and specifying like, no, we just want, we just want kids like being kids and um you know just kind of like the joy of childhood and we didn't have to tell him like you know nothing nothing gory like we didn't have like he just got it he got it and he did it and uh i think he he made something really really beautiful that's interesting i was gonna say so you get this guy that makes all this gory shit and you tell him to just make a kid with like fucking shoots and yeah. ladders coming out of his head or whatever. And it's like, it couldn't, yeah. it couldn't be, it was really important that it wasn't winking at you at all. You know what I mean? That it wasn't like, there wasn't like some secretly gruesome element. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's like, no, it needs to just be honestly just, just kids playing. Like that's what it needs to be. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
<laughs> That's crazy. Absolutely okay. got it. You know. <laughs> uh, so he did this big, amazing piece of art. Um, all of it is not featured on the cover, but all of it is featured throughout the rest of the layout of the album. So if you if you pick up um, if you pick up a physical copy, um, you know uh, one of the records that we have on sale, um, you will be able to see all of the art in a big like 12 page book and a nice big gatefold, uh, you know, centerpiece for the the record and everything. So but is the uh, art like good. digital or is it like a physical piece of art? It's out. Oh, it's physical. So, yeah. It's so are y'all going to, are y'all going to like buy the actual piece then? Prints of it. Prints are coming. Oh, prints are coming. Oh, okay. Well, um, no, I meant whenever the the artist made it, did he make like one big like, oh, portrait, oh, 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 or oh. is it, like a digital thing? Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Like, is there a physical this piece of art right. in Shintaro Kago's house? <laughs> I don't know. Is is there Jay? Do you think, or is it digital? Um, it, it it might it might be digital. Um, he I, I actually I I want to see if I could get at whatever uh, sketch materials, you know, that because oh, yeah. he sent us some yeah. like mock-ups, like that would be pretty cool, but. I don't know if he was working actually like pencil on paper or, uh, or if it was just digital. Yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, I think I have it cause he tends to do, uh, he tends to work a lot in watercolor. So like there might be like a physical copy somewhere. So cool. I'd be trying yeah, to I get a hold. Of- I think so. Yeah. He never offered anything physical to us. I, I don't, I, I don't remember yeah. seeing any of that email, but it was a very high risk digital copy. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, in a procreate we, or, uh, we yeah. took his art and then we um crafted i cr- i was able to uh, i crafted the graphic design elements that tie into the rest of the album uh i you know the the logo uh all of the you know the typography in there um all of the sort of wood looking elements that you see throughout the layout um you know you could see a little bit on the cover all the brown the brown and tans those are just like that's Grand Sultan. Those are pictures of my tree uh, that the opening tune is about my apple tree. So those are actual photos of my apple tree that I kind of worked into throughout the layout of the album. So <laughs> it's pretty That's exciting. such a I good concept. I had a lot of fun Jesus with it. Lot... Yeah, Grand Sultan, man. So it's this app. It's an apple called Grand Sultan Apple. And we have this tree in our yard and it's the only apple tree in the neighborhood. And it's like this big centerpiece of the neighborhood. And the interesting thing about a grand salt and apple is that it fruits in the summer, which is kind of odd. Not, uh, you know, most, most common apples fruit in the, you know, in the, going into the fall. Uh, but this fruits in the dead, dead heat of summer in North Carolina. And so it's a, it is this massive bounty of apples every summer that we get. And people come and they take them and they're really good for baking or making applesauce and all this kind of stuff. And we put it out there to the neighborhood, come and take some apples, come and take some apples. They're falling, they're falling, they're falling on the ground and they're rotting on the ground in the heat. And all of these like huge ass like bees are coming. And, you know, it's just like, it's one of these things where it's like this, this amazing, beautiful thing. That's like a nice centralized conversation piece for the entire neighborhood that I truly love, but I also kind of want to cut it down because it drives me crazy. Such a good con. Oh my god! And so, like the the opening cut that's of the so album good. is about that that tree, yeah. <laughs> but so for me, like that's and that's something that John and I were talking about too with these lyrics. That is sort of important. It's important for me to be earnest and me to be honest and forthright, you know, with you guys as a listener, which is a new concept for me because I've never really felt that way about anything I've ever put out there. But it's also important for me to for me 
and us, I think in general, to preserve the listener's ability to kind of um, self-impose on the material, to kind of like find a meaning in it for them. Does that make sense? Um, so for me, it's like, yeah, for me, it's about this apple tree. And what this apple tree in my life is, is, is this very beautiful centerpiece thing that is a, I also hate. So it's like, if you have something in your life that is your grand sultan, it can, you know, it can apply to anything. You know what I mean? For me, it's this tree, but for you, it might be something different. So everybody can take something from it. But it's also in the layout is what I was getting to. To tie it back to the art, so I'm not off on a tangent, the tree is in the dang layout. That was a good tangent, though, because there's no love without hate. There's no love without hate. So you guys don't have any music videos yet, but I did see a chatter asking if you guys were ever going to make a music video. So this is about the point where I'd be talking about music videos. So uh, do y'all have any plans to make anything? Or So <laughs> All right, picture this. It's an abandoned warehouse with a lone bulb gently yeah. swaying, flickering. You can see the filament. The band is wet and the hair is greasy. And we're pretending to play. <laughs> pretending to play. We had a joke about that maybe we would we would just I would just take my phone outside and film myself mowing the lawn and then just put the record <laughs> over that, you know, like that that would be a good uh, a good way to do it. Dude, um, that would have been so good. Just a loop of you like mowing that. the lawn, just like going back and forth. Nobody steal it because I might still do it. So that nobody is such it. a no. good idea for the. Comedy. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, things like um, and this is to, again, this boils down to, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of like the. It's just a pigeon. This circles back to the spite and the an antagonism that we sort of talked about it was really the birthplace for this band in general. And what it boils down to is, is if I see, if I see something that is getting done, like a logistical thing that's getting done and it's becoming a thing where now it's the kind of conversation where you have to do this, like, Oh, you're in a band. Like you have to do a single, you have to release a single or you have to release a couple or you have to do you have to do uh, like a video. You have to. You have to. You have to. My knee jerk is to be like, no, I don't. I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do anything I don't want to do. And then like just I, sh I close down and then we're not doing it, you know. So for me, that's what it boils down to like this. So well, isn't it just like more yeah. promotion or whatever, like being able sure, to put yeah. your I, music I video it. on like other like, uh, you know, in other areas or just like a regular. I get it, you know, and that's the same too. Like I, I, I hear a rumor that you had a difficult time getting photos of us. <laughs> there is a <laughs> full album yeah. stream on YouTube right now of the yeah, Kago art. Yeah, the whole art, the whole Kago art. You can see the entire Kago piece unedited and uninterrupted. It's technically a video. It's yeah, and it's got like the lens flares on it with music. It's, uh, it's great. That's the video. It's the whole album. Well, what's wrinkle? Why you got a migraine now? What's something in your eye? I'm sorry. Why do you look so agitated? I, I'm I'm not agitated. Then why, That's then just how he looks. Why the agitation? There's something in your eye. So what's next? What's next? Y'all are planning on doing some shows, I hear. Uh, what's the big plan? There is no big plan. Okay. <laughs> but y'all are we planning on play. doing shows. We are planning on doing shows. We'll we'll have more to say about that the closer we get to it. We are actively 
working towards uh, being show ready. It's a little bit of a difficult thing logistically, uh, but we all have our sort of uh, things in place to kind of get ready to bring it, uh, bring it to a live setting, uh, you know, but it's just going to take time. It's going to take time and it's going to take squaring some things away and figuring some things out. If anybody else wants to talk about it. Frankly, um, I are- am Daniel Robel in chat says, have you guys practiced together yet? Yeah. Our first rehearsal. Uh, yeah. What? Two weeks ago. Nice. Okay. So y'all are uh, well on your way to uh, getting show ready. I, I guess. Yeah, well, on our way. I don't know. Well, well, on way. We're, we've, <laughs> okay. we've taken the first couple okay. steps. We're limping towards it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, do y'all have like a uh, idea of like when y'all would want to do some shows, or is is it still just like you know next year? Next next year. Next oh, well, year. Yeah, next yeah, year. yeah, next year. But next like year. you know, any idea like what what the timing is that y'all are trying to hit or? I just um, feel like we're giving stuff away if we say. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, we released we released the record as a surprise. Everything else has to be a surprise now too, right? Uh, Christian from Mathcore Index is in the chat, and he says uh, Mathcore Index Fest 2023. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> cool. Uh, Hi, Christian. <laughs> so, you guys have played a lot of shows. Obviously, what's the best show you guys have played? Oh boy! Everybody's got a different answer for that. I'm positive of it. Oh, I'm hoping everybody's yeah. got a different answer for that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Somebody else, Jay, please. Uh, um, I mean, oh, well, is it really this like, hard to find the best show? Like Jesus Christ! I know you said well, you had a lot all, of bad. They were ones, all like but... they were all 20 years ago. So okay, okay, it's more. Again. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I could. Um, Do you need a minute yeah. to think? Yeah, I need uh, a I'll, fill, I'll fill it. Kevin's got way more. Go. I have, a, I have a lot, a lot of shows under my belt. <laughs> uh, the best one, probably for me and recent memory, was the uh, last Stillinger show that we did. Um, and then that was just a lot of high emotion, a lot of a uh, good payoff on that one in terms of like sweat equity. You know, getting learning all those songs that felt really good. Uh, the worst one. I think was probably the first show I played with Dillinger because I was so nervous and uh, the other guitar player Ben's gear broke immediately within like the second song and I was so nervous to play like I couldn't even do basic drills beforehand so uh, and then it was like a festival with uh, like Slipknot it was crazy it was uh, Rock on the Range I think and I'd never seen I'd never played in front of that many people before so I was losing my shit and then um it, it, it went over well but like it was pretty much most of the show was me holding it down because unfortunately ben's stuff was broken <laughs> it's insane <Jesus. laughs> uh, kevin when are you when are y'all getting back together <laughs> <laughs> that's a long conversation <laughs> it's, but is it it's not like a never ever gonna happen kind of thing it's a possible hmm. thing that could happen. You are probably talking to the last person <laughs> that would know the answer to that one. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Gargling Diarrhea says, uh, will the shows be new material only or will any classics be played? Mm. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm pretty much the person, like, all right, so I, I, 
I don't remember how to play any of the classics. I don't remember how to play any of the stuff that like people are probably wondering about. And I don't really relate to that style of guitar playing anymore. So I've been kind of dragging my heels about like relearning some of that stuff or even like reworking some of it for, uh, you know, where we're at now. Um, but that, that is, uh, that is getting discussed and, you know, and probably will be taken care of. Um, and XIL3, I have no idea how to say your name, man. I'm going to say Zilf. Um, have you gotten any funny, sudden reactions from people when performing? Mm -hmm. Funny, sudden reactions. Funny, sudden reactions. I mean, a lot, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, our particular uh, brand uh, of just sound at, combined with the uh, presentation uh, and, uh, and uh, the physical physicality of the performance often oftentimes you would have half the room leave like during the set you know something that's i think important to uh to reiterate to the viewer is that like we were not well liked when we existed 20 years ago like we were not particularly well liked um you know it was well, you were also very, doing something completely different at the time the very specific else. small crowd of people that sort of uh that that sort of liked uh, what it was that we were doing. I remember one time we were playing a gig where um, it was a, a tiny little basement gig and the crowd was like, it was not in New York where we were from. So the crowd was automatically larger than we were used to. Um, and one dude was uh, standing next to Thomas, who was our drummer at the time. And he was like headbanging next to Thomas or whatever. And he just leaned over to Thomas and he was just like, dude, you play, you play drums like Bongzilla. Yes, Bongzilla. <laughs> Bongzilla. <laughs> I love that. Story. That was one of the weirdest. Like, I don't know that you typically get like a comment, like a like a, a normal voice, a normal voiced comment from an onlooker standing directly next to you in the middle of the set that you have to like pay attention to for a second <laughs> while you're like while you're playing. Uh, so yeah, we, I mean, we had plenty of like we had a gal one time we played olives and some gal was belly dancing while we played. I classify that as a weird reaction to us. Crazy. You know, I mean, we had yeah, like we most of the most of our experience as a band like first go around 20 years ago was weird. Like all of it was was weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and some of it was weird good and some of it was like weird less like less good, but um uh, I don't know, Jay. Do you have a show in mind for the, uh, for the what for best show, worst best show, show. Uh, best show for the folks at home? Uh, I mean, well, the uh, <clears throat> okay, so it could, it could double as like best and worst show. Like, so I, I, I uh, that that fucking squat we played at in Indianapolis, like that, oh. it was like a Bold it was like an ant anarchist bookstore we uh, played with phoenix phoenix bodies shout out to phoenix bodies we played with yeah that's awesome we uh we rolled up and like I, I'll, I'll just never i'll never forget like because you know we we, we had we're driving around we had like a like a literal fucking road map you know what i mean and like trying to find your way and like okay now we're in indiana indiana let's get a like littler map you know let's get a street map of indianapolis so we can find this fucking place Brand and we get to the actual address and it was just there was just a house that was just fully like it looked like it hit got hit by a meteor you know <laughs> like oh that's <laughs> the place <laughs> completely just shut and oh my god this can't be possibly be like what is going on there's another house next to it that had a bunch of like dirty looking scene kids like you know in winter jackets like hanging out outside 
we're like, is, is that it? And like, it's just a ton of extension cords, like running from like, God knows where, like the gas station down the street and like just space heaters all inside and yeah. just people all bundled up. And this was Indianapolis in like January. It was below zero. And, um, it was fucking brutal. Like I, my amp broke that night just from like trying to turn it on, you know, <laughs> like the, the tubes shattered. Nice. Um, hmm. That was like one of, that was probably the most difficult. Uh, I don't know how it was received. I don't know how we sounded. It was just, it was, it was packed. so, it, it was, was packed, packed and like people really liked it and it was packed. And we started that set in parkas. Like we started playing in winter jackets. Oh, full, yeah, full winter gear. But it was also one of the coolest, like, cause John was in this other band, Negative Hate, who was also on the bill uh that night and I I gonna freeze to death for real it yeah. was brutal it was my job to film them so like the only spot i could film them from was from outside like standing on a cinder block and like looking in through the window and this was like a house it was just like a regular fucking house so i'm like there's bushes and stuff and i'm like standing on a cinder block filming these guys and they looked so cool like just in like fucking winter gear Bedtime. and like 15 minutes. just 15 minutes oh Bedtime. my god um, that's why i'm sitting over here laughing because even though i wasn't in the band with you guys at that point like my band back then has the same story yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. i wonder if like young musicians are doing the same thing that we did like i wonder you know like the map quest like obviously they don't have to deal with but like i wonder like if they're still doing those like shithole diy joints oh yeah 100 oh, I, i've played them they're awesome i love how oh so yeah much. chris i've houses seen some photos up like from your last tour like it was just like wow oh i've played in the i think the smallest spot i was in was like about half the size of a normal size garage and they shoved yes. like 60 kids in there and it was <laughs> fucking insane like that's perfect. like you're getting bumped into like your own like speakers and shit like that you know you don't even have room to move it's it was so sick i think that at the end of the day people people expect like when a band comes back after 20 years and a band is like oh they put out a record and people are like receiving it well like y'all think that we like you might think that we want to play like nice places but i'm i'm here to tell you like you hit us up in the chat like tell us your diviest spots and like what houses are doing shows where and like that's that's kind of what we're interested in that kind of thing that kind of vibe. those are the best shows <laughs> the DIY. rich you remember that show there was a show somewhere i think it was like a friend of like of lucas's it was just fully like this like like a 15 or a 14 year old kid asked his mom if he could have like some bands play and it, and it was just like definitely like in his basement in the nice like with the carpet and like in the playroom you know like before it was like, like he had curfew and everything like that. And like, we fully just like played down there. Yes. And it was just, they were like, they just had dinner time upstairs and all his friends came over. And like, we, we did that. Thomas threw up on the carpet. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. I recall it. it was, I recall it. Yeah. But, but it was great. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. It was great. I think that for me, like some of the high marks come from our time. We played one or two times. We played two or three times at um, at SUNY Purchase. Um, and I think the first time we played at SUNY Purchase, the first time we played, it was in one, uh, like a basement area of one of the um, the dorm, the dorm buildings. And Coheed and Cambria was the headliner and we played and the Heatherton Heatwave played and the Paragraph played and that was the bill. 
Um, and it was just jam packed with kids and it was just, I don't think they had a working light in the room and it was just like one of those, like I think Steve Amato punched out a light or whatever. Uh, and and it was just like one of the craziest, like best, most electric vibes. Uh, you know, I don't know that we didn't have much, it was before Chris Russell was even in the band. So it's not like cuddle monster was even out yet. It was just (laughs) one of the first opportunities that we had to play to like a little bit of a bigger crowd. I'm sure a hundred percent. What was the name of the two-piece grind duo that had the album called Songs in the Key of Seizure? Oh, that's a good name. That's a really good name. What was the I name of that? The two-piece grind band back in the day purchased that same fest. Somebody in the chat said, who do you want to see do a reunion show? That band. Whoever that's, the ba- that's, that's, that's the band. That's so fucking familiar. <laughs> like the, the title of the album. Hit us up, up guys. Song. Yeah, so those those purchase gigs to me like were, were killer. What? Oh, what? Ohio. We played a uh, we played a basement show in Ohio. Um, that was just we were the only actual band that was on the bill, um, and it was literally like just a keg party that we didn't know what was going to happen. And the guy that played before us was like a one man electronic black metal outfit or something, and nobody was in the room watching him play. And we, <laughs> I don't, I mean, it was just one of those things. It was Columbus, Ohio. We you know we set our gear up. And we weren't expecting anybody to give a shit about it. And we turned we turned around and the room was like packed to us. It was a basement and we played a killer set. And then like people were coming up to us after after the gig and they were buying T-shirts from us. And some kids had like made their own Sawtooth merch. And they were like, we love you guys. I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking sick. What? (laughs) Wild. But worst show for me. Also, also um, in Ohio. Uh, but it was, it was a festival that we played and it was a, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of prominent bands at the time. It was a lot of sort of like the robotic empire crowd, um, the black market activities crowd. I think sender receiver was on that bill. Ed Gein was on that bill. Ed we were on that. So sick. Yeah. Ed, Ed Gein is still to this day. So sick. Um, you know, love, Shout love out to Jesse, to drummer. That's my homie. I love that dude. He played the speedball white bass drum beater heads, just like Dave Woody. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent dude. Excellent band. Uh, you know, truly, uh, you know, p- uh, pioneers of what they were doing at the time. Uh, they play like, basically it was, it was an opportunity for us to like look cool and good in front of bands that were better than us. And we didn't look cool and good in front of them. <laughs> uh, we didn't play particularly well. I accidentally hit Jay with a mic stand. He was mad about that. Rightfully I so. Got, sorry. I did. I got sorry, sad Jay. about that. I got too, I got way too, sad about it no no, no. that's yeah it wasn't that's justified a, that's on me man that's a foul on me i think you broke a string at one point like, I, think our, 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 I think our set ended i think our set ended on a broken string uh you know basically and and the whole the whole under thread of that gig was was like and anybody that tours knows like you're trying to figure out okay cool like where are we going to sleep tonight? Like that's a big part of it, right? Is where we're going to sleep tonight. And so during the course of the evening, while other bands were basically getting up there and ripping our set to shreds by playing much better sets, uh, you know, this gal who was, she was dating a member of one of the local bands that was playing. And she came up to us and she was like, you can stay at me and my boyfriend's house. No problem. And we were like, we'll take you up on it. That sounds great. Uh, so you fast forward, uh, you know, a few hours into the, the thing and he didn't really realize that the uh, invitation had been extended to us and they had a fight <laughs> no. about it. 
And the fight continued throughout the rest of the night into the morning while we were actively staying, sleeping on their floors where we weren't, we didn't really sleep much because we were too busy overhearing them argue about like letting us be there. And then like one at a time, they would come into the room and be like, we're so glad to have you here. Is there anything we can get you? And then leave. And then they would continue to hear the screaming at each other from the other room. So it was a, a, a rough set with hurt feelings and we didn't come off well. And, and then we didn't get any sleep because the couple's house we, that we were staying at, they were arguing the whole night. And that was the night that Ed Gein's trailer got robbed as well. Oh, and I just found nice. the name of that band, Two Piece Screamo Jedi's Madeline Ferguson, which is a Twin Peaks reference. Madeline, Madeline Ferguson. Madeline Two Ferguson Peaks was great. Screamo, brutal AF. If there's any band I wish would just come back, it's that band. Madeline Ferguson played the first saw, like Cuddle Monster era Sawtooth gig. Yes. <laughs> Up in Delhi, it was it Delhi, Jay. Yeah, I was at uh, SUNY Delhi. SUNY Delhi, which was Be- a- before we continue with all the bad F- bad shows, let's uh, cut to the chat just real quick. Um, always never eighteen says seeing Doctor Acula, see you next Tuesday, and now Sawtooth. Who would you like to see reunite and put out new music? Uh, oh, maybe I the just, maybe the Dillinger Escape Plan, them. like uh, you know, like the, the... Just <laughs> never heard of them. Never heard of them. I'll have to check them out. They're new. <laughs> What's the name of this band? <laughs> They're come up and coming. But no, band, who would you like to see come back? Madeline Ferguson. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Okay. All right, he's hard on that one. What about you, Jason? <laughs> I oh, shit. I don't know. Like all like all the ones that like I always dreamed about when I was younger, like have have now happened. You know, there's like uh, Car- Carcass has been around for a while now. At the Gates has been back around for a while now. We just had, you know, now we have Botch. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, looking like it's going to do something. Um, that would have probably been my answer. Yeah, that would have probably been my answer. I can't. Th- I, I um, Yeah. Coalesce yeah, would be pretty cool. That's the, they, they're like the blueprint for coming back after a while being gone and, and, and releasing a really crazy good album. Like to me, when we were, when we were putting this new record together, I was thinking, man, Ox was so good when Coalesce came back after all those years. Like that's sort of like a, a benchmark, you know? So I would say, yeah, Coalesce, that'd be sick. Oh my, if, if, if somehow like Chuck Schuldiner can come back from the dead and I could see death live. That'd be, that'd like be lovely. That would be intense. About me and him, call it us. That's mine. Sure, yeah. I'll take. I'll I take hear that. that they. I hate that they hate their music that they played back then. So probably not going to happen. But I'd be fucking sick. All right, Jay. On the matter of death, are you a Richard Christie guy or a Gene Hoagland guy? I. I mean, that's tough. Like they're they're each. Uh, each album has a different. Uh, has a different vibe i like now in my in my in my relationship with death like i'm more of a uh human human is the record uh what's that drummer's name i think sean reiner um yeah. her was deep uh was the uh it's also a drummer for cynic yes cynic mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he was floating in and out yeah but as far as i'm concerned yeah it's, uh, sean reiner's drumming on human that, that's what catalyzed you know what you see in, chris like, do you know about cynic 90s metal. I'm, Seneca, I, I know Seneca's. I've heard him, but like oh, it's man. not one. I'm, I'm not really into like, death metal anymore. Have you know? heard of Chris Penny from the Dillinger's Capeland who plays the copper snare that lives at Kevin's studio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Have you heard of the Dillinger's Capeland? I know I know Dillinger's Capeland. I don't know. You know like, Chris Penny, drummer from Dillinger's Capeland, sure. original drummer, not. Okay, 
he worships Sean Reinhardt. Okay. He loves Sean Reinhardt's drumming. That's like how he cultivated his approach to the Dillinger Escape Plan. Sean Reinhardt. Hmm. All righty. Good to know. It um, is good. Always never in chat says uh, Tower of Rome and Sawtooth split. Like Tower a split, like a split, like a split album, like where they do some and we do some. Yeah. What, like a seven inch? Sure. What or are the kids do, calling it nowadays? A split? <laughs> or, yeah, a 12, yeah. or a 12, uh, or a 12 inch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I just want to let chat know, Joe, throw in your questions if you got questions. We're going to be starting to wrap this up in a little bit. We need to do another um, one of these. One of those, oh, those micro discs. That thing is oh, in trouble. You guys, like, who's got mini discs? Not in a while. Mini discs. That's the name of it. That's right. rest. Right. Rest, it's rest time in over here. Peace, your car stereo. Gotta go to school in the morning. So let's wrap this puppy up. Or otherwise, I gotta, I gotta roll. Oh, I got you, man. Um, I mean, if you need the, if you need to dip, you can dip. Uh, I'll go ahead and just ask you, what's your current album of the year? Hey, there it is. For me, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Lewis Cole's latest record, uh, um, especially the single "I'm Tight." <laughs> I'm tight is unbelievably good. Would you but say it's tight? Record, it's tight. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tight. Um, yeah, man. The <laughs> album is just called uh, "It's called Quality Over Opinion." Um, "Quality Over Opinion" is the opening track. Uh, "Dead Inside Shuffle," good. "I'm Tight," though. Track nine. Pfft. Man, if your shit is feeling kind of loose right now, Chris, listen to this album and you'll be tight. <laughs> My shit could, could be a little tighter. My shit could be a little tighter. That's it. it could always That's be it. a little tighter. Let's be honest. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, bros. I love you guys. I got to get this boy. Love you too, man. You're cool. awesome. Th thank great you so good. much for being here, man. You're great. You guys are the best. I love you so much. Oh, yeah. back. By the way, the album is uh, called Good and it's sick. It's good. It, it, it is good. good. Yeah. good. It is good. I'd say it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to keep you all too much longer, but uh, we no, you're good. There. You're totally good. Okay, sick. Um, so Jason, we never heard your worst show. Oh my my worst my worst show. Jeez, uh, um, you know if if it's not that that squat, it, it that could be my best and worst worst show uh, simultaneously. I think. I think it, cause it was just so awesome and so extreme, but it was also like really fucking painful. Uh, and really, re it was really difficult. It was really, really, oh, really yeah, it sounds like it's all a for really walls. hard time. Yeah. I don't know that I knew that you filmed their set from outside. That's great. <laughs> I have it. I have Chuck Scandora gave me the, uh, mini DV tapes from that mm. whole tour. I have them in a, in right. a box upstairs. Um, or actually I had the DV tapes, but I also have a thumb drive with, with the entire tour footage. Oh, sick. Yeah. Man, me and some friends went to a, a cabin in, um, PA, uh, like two weekends ago or three weekends ago, maybe it was. And we watched a whole bunch of mini DV tapes from our old bands. Dude, oh yeah. It's, it's some cringy stuff when you Great. go back that far. <laughs> Great stuff. Love it. Yeah. That was, that was fun. <laughs> Um, do you have any other show stories I wanted to? Oh gosh! <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, again, you know. Jeez, I mean, you know, I I'll just I'll just put out there like that if anybody wants, like, because there's I, I've been some places and seen some stuff, and some of that has intersected with the band. Um, so just 
you know, just to be, uh, I don't know if anybody wants to uh, DM me personally and, <laughs> and talk about it privately, I have some entertaining tales. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. That's fair. That's uh, fair. But, but it's not something that I'd want to say, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not for this forum. Gotcha. The, uh, uh, the Vermont show where <laughs> right. Was it Vermont in the, in that church? Oh basement? yeah. John, John's oh, not my, here now. Yeah. Now we could, John's not here. We could tell this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, John. Man. So yeah, we were, um, this, uh, this was, this was all part of like this whole debacle that, that, that happened where, I mean, we had the uh, two week tour booked, which five days in, uh, uh, we, we found out that the rest of like the, we toured out to Buffalo and then we found out that like, no, like, cause none of the bands that they said were going to be there were there. Oh, uh, and the rest, the rest of the tour, which was, I think supposed to be like 13, 14, 15 days was just not happening. Like it just, none of it was booked and it was just this whole big disaster. But three days in we're in Vermont in, uh, what's the name of it? What is the town? Barry. Vermont. Um, and, uh, beautiful place. Absolutely beautiful. Lovely Lovely. place. Uh, and we're there on tour with, with number 12 looks like you. And we're playing in a church basement in this, like, I don't know, just this Norman Rockwell sort of, uh, Hamlet, you know, where everything is just so picturesque, but what I've, come to understand about like the, like Vermont and New Hampshire, there's a whole other world up there that lives like side by side with all of the like, you know, liberal shit that you see. Uh, there is a gun carrying, um, homosexual disliking, uh, you know, culture all shot through with all shot through there. And, um, so we were just walking around town um, you know, to checking out the sites, going and getting lunch and, and going into like, there's a thrift store and like, we're coming out of the thrift store and a, a pickup truck pulled over, um, got the dude got out very nice looking guy. And he came over to us and asked, and you know, we were a bunch of like goofy looking, you know, 19, 18 year old kids just like wandering around. And, uh, all the, you know, tight clothes, everybody's wearing like girly jeans at the time. And, uh, so he goes, what, what are you guys doing here? Says, well, we're, you know, we're in a band, we're playing up the road. We're just like enjoying your town. And, was, and he, uh, he said, no, what are you, what are you doing here? Looking like a bunch of, uh, you know, yeah. I, can I, can F I words, I imagine? Nah, please, please, please don't say it. Yeah. Please don't say that. Nah, okay. He's not, he's not, he wasn't, he wasn't with our look. Let's just say that. Yeah. He, he, he was some problems with it. <laughs> he wasn't with it. And he was being, I was, I was the, the most surreal part of the experience was that like, he was so polite about it. Like he was just, <laughs> he just let us know that like, he didn't appreciate that. And we were in his, in his town and he actually invited us if he wanted to walk around the corner into the alley so he could beat all our asses. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> so weird. Jesus and, Christ, dude. Some polite homophobia. Like, yeah, yeah, very polite homophobia. <laughs> and there crazy. was like, I don't know, maybe there was a bunch of us were just hanging out by the van. And I think the group that we were, was maybe like nine or ten of us. And so there was just a lot of like commotion feelings like going around. And uh, one of the drummer for the number 12 at the time 
uh, is gay. And he reacted like gay and also like a hothead, you know? So he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go. We'll, we'll go right now. Let's go you know? right and now. We're like- let's go right now. And it, it just, it could have been really, really bad. It could have been really, really bad. And somehow like that got diffused. I don't know how. And we wound up playing the show. John, who was playing for, he was, he was filling in for drums for Sawtooth that night. He wasn't in the number 12 at the time. He was moshing during the number 12 and kicked this like 14 year old girl in the head. Like oh, gave her a concussion. Shit. Holy and, fuck. Um, Knocked her so, out and then she woke up and yeah. puked and then passed back out. Man. <laughs> yeah. God damn. It's really so bad. The show wraps up and we're getting outside and there was just, a, there was a mob. There was just a mob. And I remember being driven out of town, like pickup trucks following us. Like, get we want you, want you get all y'all get on out of here. And uh, don't, don't come, don't come back. Yeah. Dude, outrageous. Yeah. That is wild. Holy shit. That's probably, that's probably the worst. That's probably the worst. That might be the worst one. Oh. I mean, that was, oh. there's like areas like that all over the country too. Just like in random spots where you don't expect them to be, you know, just it like was so surprising strongholds. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. I think we played well that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why they drove you out of town because y'all weren't, pl- y'all weren't playing. So I think it was a good set. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy yeah. man Very uh weird. pizza sushi roll says i think john's a bartender by day what do you what do the other mem- band members do for a day job i'm gonna have to say if you don't want to i am in design and production of custom apparel i make t-shirts uh i also am a boxing coach really I, uh, yeah i uh i i instruct boxing i primarily work with a um uh, a really great crew out of the gym that I uh, that I instruct out of that they all have Parkinson's disease and we use boxing as a way to sort of get them mobile and uh, you know because uh, rigorous rigorous physical activity is the best medicine for Parkinson's disease so that's uh, that's my primary focus over there. So ever since you got threatened by that one guy, now you're like getting ready, you know, ready to kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. time you see him, I Always be ready. Always be ready. Yeah. So drawing pictures, printing shirts, throwing punches. That's uh, not to nutshell it. Uh, Jason, I uh, I do maintenance on uh, on heavy machinery for an excavation company. Yeah. So and like ex- excavators and bulldozers and stuff like that. And uh, Kevin, we all know you're, uh, you know, running the studio and stuff like that. You, you don't do anything outside of that, right? Uh, I actually teach uh, at a, uh, a professor at a local college, William Patterson University. So really? Okay. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. So uh, yeah, uh, I guess we can just move on to your album of the year so far. Um, cool. What is your album of the year so far? <laughs> I've, I've, um, uh, uh, there's a violin player named Hilary Hahn. Um, she's, uh, she's probably my favorite musician currently, and she just released a new record that's, uh, really gorgeous and, and beautiful. That's, that's my album of the year. Interesting. I don't think I've ever had anybody mention, like, classical instrument, uh, as their, like, album of the year so far. So, that's interesting. Cool. <laughs> cool. 
Well, well uh, it did. I, Emma, Emulation put out a new record this year, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold, hold on. I'm going to make it more brutal real quick. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, oh, I didn't want to say that because I so wasn't good. sure if it came out this year. It might have been last year. I don't know. I don't keep up on anything. It's, I don't it's, know, but... it's impacting your 2022, though. So that's the most important. Yeah. Part. Whatever the most recent Emulation record is, that's my album of this year. <laughs> could be 2017 I, I don't know who knows <laughs> yeah. hard to say i uh i would like to take this as an opportunity in the spirit of sort of what i was talking about before you know to kind of like recognize you know the passage of time and the passing of the torch so to speak and all these uh you know younger younger cats or cats that are you know like uh taking the genre interesting and cool places. Like I said, we weren't particularly into taking in new stuff while we were in the process of creating uh, good. But since that, you know, the create that creative endeavor kind of ended, we sort of open, opened up our hearts for, to, to see what's going on. So I, I really love to just kind of shout out a few of these, these current cats that are out right. I could, I, I could bore you with some non-genre related thing that I'm listening to right now. Uh, or, you know, or interest you with some non-genre related interesting thing right now. Or I could just be honest with you guys and be like, dude, that new Mothman record is that, that pretty so, good. It's so it's good. good. You know, that new Mothman record is so good. That new The Wind in the Trees record is so good. Um, you know, that new Crippling Alcoholism record is so good. It's so, super uh, original stuff. You know. Like, dude, incredible. Like, I am all about, like, yeah, you cited a few of them earlier. We talked about the Dow Boys. We talked about Pupil Slicer. We talked about, you talked, you mentioned Black Matter Device. How could you not? Like, great. You know, like, oh, my God, dude. That's that new Serling record. Like, let me tell you something. I'm going to just put this out there. I'm just going to say this, okay? I'm not, I'm not a guest appearance guy, okay? I don't understand it. doesn't really make sense to me. It's fine. Do what you want to do. That's the world we live in. You make your records. I'll make mine. I want to do all the vocals. I want to do them. I like to do it. I got all these up here. I got some of these down here. I got all these ranges. Let me do them. I could do it. You know, like I like that. I'm selfish like that. I, but if you're making records and you got all these guest appearances, I love for it to make thematic sense. And those dudes basing their entire existence of that of their band around the twilight zone as a concept it makes more sense for them to have guest appearances on every track than it does pretty much anybody else right because yeah. it's based based off of an anthology show right and i'll say right here right now that's, that's good. Sir, i like that i'll say this to the serling guys if you guys ever do the episode kick the can call me so their guitarist is in chat now and he's like losing his shit <laughs> the, uh, Chunks Barkley in chat, um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, that's you, definitely you ever, a yes. <laughs> if y'all if y'all ever do the episode, kick the can, call me. Uh, yeah, he also uh, has has a house. He was telling you to play his house earlier in in the chat. Uh, so. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm I'm just like trying to keep my ear to the ground, trying to pay attention to these new kids, and I just love liking what I'm hearing, and I just wanted to put it out there that I'm liking what I'm hearing, and so thank y'all for being creative. You know. It's awesome. Yeah. Makes me happy. Thank you, Chris, for also putting out wild and crazy music. Oh, definitely. Thank you for uh, <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, so he, he was saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, yes, please, oh my God, we will, holy shit. So that's definitely a yes. <laughs> cool. Uh, so Kevin, what's your album of the year so far? 
Um, I did an album with a, a guy named Will Wood um, earlier. We started it last year and then we finished it this year. It's, it's an incredible album. Uh, he did an Indiegogo for it and he's just like a local artist and uh, he raised over $300,000, which is crazy. What the fuck? Um, yeah, it's kind of unheard of, um, but it's such a crazy production. It's, there's so many elements to it, all kinds of instrumentation. It's quite an undertaking to put together, but the songs are amazing. I love it. It's a, it's a kind of like folky song. It's got a lot of ukulele in it and stuff like that, but it's, uh, it's really fantastic stuff. The, um, the Tom Waits Discord that I'm a mod in really loves Will yeah. Wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely pulls a lot from from Tom Waits vibe stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Will's fan. They love that he's, dude. He's, he's always been good. Yeah, he's from Jersey. It's <laughs> awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. That's signature Discord mod. I would not have. It is not. It is. It is not a thing. It is very, very low key. I have to accomplish very little for them. <laughs> Okay, so That's you got cool. merch that's still available. Is that right? Yes. Or is it not? Let's okay. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Um, How would we go about it? All right. So limited edition merch up for sale from uh, the 31st of October when, when everything dropped to the 14th of November. Ah! Squawking. Um, on waxvessel.com, there are T-shirts. There are long sleeves. There are uh, album art flags. There are records still for sale. For the first time ever, Nick over at Wax Vessel, who uh, has been tremendous to work with and has basically, I was telling you guys the other day, like I can't imagine a record label scenario being this sort of easy to work with and making our lives as easy as it's been. Uh, you know, he's been ride or die since the beginning. So much of us even having the the money to you know exist is from pre like previous wax vessel releases the previous reissues that we had done with cuddle monster with pervivore you know so much of you know like his uh, nick's efforts to get us back out there and the fans efforts to sell those records out super quickly is why we're talking to you right now so like really it's like a big sort of uh you know thank you to the community and thank you to nick um waxvessel.com he's got two variants of the records that will be on sale up through the 14th uh it's like there's a beautiful like pink splatter uh bad boy there's a uh like a pvc like 180 gram for like the audio files out there like go get them go get them go get them uh he's also got an I, unlimited one also so yeah like, that's it, the, it won't the like pink sell splatter. out it won't sell out so like that's the thing and they're 25 bucks to get them so they're also i think they're among the cheapest uh wax vessel records that you could uh you could purchase the really the reality of it is and the thing that we were so excited about was that we were able to put together a package that didn't didn't really operate uh, the way the typical wax vessel release is, which you know those the reissues, the short runs, so on and so forth. We really wanted to for it to be inclusive. We wanted anybody that wanted one to have an opportunity to get one. But it's threading the needle a little bit because you're also talking to a guy that you're also talking to a guy that just this year gave away as a door prize like one of his last copies of the original Cuddle Monster pressing that I've been sitting on for 20 years. So you know you're talking to guys that like have been sitting on like just like CDs for 20 years. So it's like, it's threading that needle of wanting to be able to give people 
the opportunity to get it and make sure everybody has the opportunity to get it, but also not put us in a scenario where, where I'm sitting at my house with 500 records. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not really interested in doing that, you know. I like I wear like what am I gonna I don't know. Like, Let me get one. <laughs> Let me yeah, get like, out of the studio. <laughs> like you're good. Yeah, I think I think you're good. I think we got you. I think we'll work yeah, it out. We could we yeah. could we could I think we'll get we'll get that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> so wax vessel, waxvessel.com. You can find them all over social. Everybody knows what everybody knows wax vessel. Um, but yeah, I mean it's been a beautiful experience. It's going to be, you know, we worked hard to put together a nice package. All the merch looks cool and sick. I think at this point, you I, you might not be able to get the shorts anymore. I think those are kind of sold out. That's a bummer. I just saw those. those I want those. Cool. <laughs> DJ would wear those on stage, 100%. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100% right. Yeah. But I think that uh, everything else is pretty much still up there. And uh, yeah, go check it out. Go check it and, out. And uh, it, aside from the flags, the rest of the merch is print to order, right? Aside from the shorts and the flags, I don't uh, the rest of it's print to order, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, they're awesome. gonna they're go, they'll close the order on the fourteenth, and that's how many they'll print. Nice, sounds good. Pretty wild. No, I'm glad that they did that. Uh, use like the big problem with like wax vessels that you can't get the items because they're gone in like seconds. So then right. doing like uh, print to order is like fantastic. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I was really I was really happy. Uh, you know, when we started parsing out what what the approach was going to be and and how we were going to do it, and uh, you know, Nick was really Nick was really game to go at, go at it any way we wanted to, you know. And so we sort of crafted this. We we put our heads together and crafted this approach, and I think that it I think that it's cool. I think it's really cool. So you know. Well, uh, anything else you guys want to say before we head on out? Nope. Alrighty. Oh. <laughs> thank yeah. you thank you to everybody we really appreciate y'all we uh we're glad that it seems like people like the record i feel great about it i know the guys feel great about it uh i'd like to thank chris for letting us be on the show uh i'd like to thank these other fellas for being in the band with me as well so well, loving yeah, it likewise i don't fully understand why uh why you know why people are still here, why people care, why people are interested, but it, I'm, I'm never going to stop being fascinated that, that they are. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I just, I wanted to say it would jump on what Rich was saying that like, thanks to, you know, I don't want to S Nick's. Well, no, I do. I want to S Nick's D like a little bit, you know, because <laughs> he, it, it, in his post on Halloween, just a he, little said, bit. he said something about, nostalgia in a band like back into existence and that's like kind of what happened with us like he there was the cuddle monster repress and just like just from just that just catalyzed all of this like now like we're we made a new record like we're we're, we had a live rehearsal like we were we're working we have new we have new old friends like back around you know yeah um it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible so like really really thank you to everybody who's who's been supportive you know and uh in whatever way that they have been um yeah yeah and then just look out for uh you know we're uh there's there's more coming there's more coming um i do want to say that this has probably been the fourth biggest interview i've done so far so y'all y'all definitely have a following it's pretty crazy (laughs) <laughs> number four four with a bullet <laughs> yeah cool. so we'll if, 
If you're looking for a way to fill that hole in your heart that the Sawtooth Grin left, you no longer have to. Go listen to the brand new album, Good, which came out last back on Halloween. Uh, you're on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and all streaming platforms. Um, are there any sites you're trying to direct people to? Obviously, there's waxvessel.bandcamp.com, I guess is what it was, or is it waxvessel.com? The merch? Waxvessel.com. Yeah, it's just waxvessel.com for the physical stuff, yeah. Okay. And are there other uh, sites you're trying to send people like, do y'all have like a big Google. cartel or do you have a TikTok or do y'all do anything anything else? Oh, you don't want to see my TikToks. You don't want to see that. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> your, you got an OnlyFans sprinkle? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, well, as for me, drop my channel, follow so you always know when I go live. Uh, you can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can also sub for free by attaching an Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. Uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube folks, if you enjoyed the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at soundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. My new EP, uh, Unicorn Laser Bubblegum City, just dropped uh, last Friday. Check it out. Uh, my next guest is Dr. Acula, who dropped their first album in 11 years last Friday through Silent Pendulum Records. Uh, join us this Wednesday, the 9th at 7 p.m. Uh, Central, on 7 p.m. Central, right here on Twitch for the live cast. Thanks for being here, y'all. Hope you had a good time. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank okay. you so much. And thank all of you for watching and listening. Bye.